Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Tony Holohan makes all of the papers this morning, the front pages. Uh, our top doc, our chief medical officer and the man who headed up uh, the COVID-19 uh, response team and indeed was the face of it for uh, the last three or four months. He's announced uh, that he will be taking time out uh, from his fight against COVID-19 as the Mirror puts it this morning to spend time with his wife, Emer, who's been diagnosed with blood cancer, at least was eight years ago, and has been receiving palliative care since last Saturday. So we'll come back to that in a few minutes' time. Mirror this morning says, Doc Tony's heartache. Thank you, Dr. Tony, is the front line in this morning's sun. Uh, all of the papers actually cover it, front, uh, front pages of most of them, whether it's uh, broadsheets or, or tabloids. Um, we'll come back to that in a moment or two. But with regards to COVID-19, our infection rates in Ireland now are the lowest in Europe. That's something to be happy about. But unhappy are the heads on the shoulders of parents and students because who knows what's going to happen. Bjorn Martin is saying overnight that he will have all students back in school by the end of August, early September. But teachers are dashing those hopes. They say in the front of the Independent this morning that uh, leaders of the unions and teachers' leaders are saying it's doubtful if there'll be a full reopening because they just won't be able to do it based on physical distancing and social distancing issues. Uh, But the UK now has released a list of 40 countries named as safe for people from the UK to go on their sun holidays. And they've published a list. And it's pretty much lots and lots of Europe. All the overseas British territories. Uh, and further afield to places like Turkey, Thailand, Sri Lanka, the Caribbean. Uh, there's there's a bit of a kind of a caveat or a question mark about France. But 40 in total. They include Australia, New Zealand and all sorts of places like the US, Brazil, Russia, uh, don't make the list, but you can understand why. Certainly the US and, and Brazil, they're real red hot spots with regards to COVID-19. But my point is, they've released a list of 40 and we don't know where we're going. So the list of low risk EU countries for the Irish tourists should be revealed next week. And uh, even at that, uh, I don't know, the, the message still is don't travel but imagine when they release a list, they're going to have to change that guidelines. And it's suggested in one or two of the papers that the wording might change from don't travel to take calculated risks as to what that means. But Ryanair are reporting that their traffic dropped 97% in the skies. That's understandable. But they're going to face legal action over refunds. The aviation watchdog is threatening the airlines with legal action after revealing that many large carriers are sitting on massive backlogs of refund money for cancelled flights. And you heard in the news there that Ryanair is saying that sooner or later, hopefully sooner, people are owed money for refunds for flights that were cancelled We'll get it. Um, but if they don't get their act together, and this is a UK initiative, uh, the Aviation Authority there says they're going to take legal action against the airlines for hoarding the money. Um, very sad story makes the echo today of the death of a uh, wonderful elderly gentleman at the age of 83, uh, Brendan O'Mahony, who died of COVID-19 in a West Cork uh, hospital, community hospital. Uh, and uh, he, um, he was much loved and, and sadly missed uh, but uh, her father, her, 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 his daughter, Anna Sullivan, is a beautiful article in the Echo today talking about, um, you know, how kind they were within the hospital in Clonakilty to their dad and to all of the family. Um, and she works there as a carer, actually. And she said a collective outpouring of kindness has helped the country get through the pandemic. And she saw that firsthand. 
with the passing of her dad. Of course, there's a lot of other issues related to uh, the coronavirus and lockdown and stress and anxiety regarding jobs and health and things. And that's why the Samaritans are saying in the mirror this morning, they're getting a call every 49 seconds now. A little later this morning, we'll talk with some of the residents from the Magazine Road, College Road area, those that are protesting because of the ongoing stupidity and nonsense parties of the students and teenagers in the area, because they're in court this morning. And Own English has a report on that in this morning's examiner. There's another story of another person who spat at a guard uh, after an assault. Uh, and He was arrested then. He was up before the court yesterday. I think he was before Olin Kelleher. Moment of correction, I believe he was. And the judge sentenced him to five months in prison. You can't be doing that. What were the top priorities during COVID-19 release, where you could get back to doing things? Uh, getting out to eat in a restaurant uh, and getting your hair done, which is pretty much the main two things that you could do, really, with the release of the last phase. But not all the pubs are playing ball, apparently. The Mail says this morning, one of the last messages that Tony Holohan had before he had, took some time out was to... to um to criticise pubs that are acting in rogue in rogue manner, those that are flouting the COVID rules. I don't know if it's happening in Cork. I would like to know, um, and uh, uh, we can deal with the story maybe in some detail later on, but certainly up the country and in Dublin, they have issues with pubs, firstly, that are not insisting on people eating food, and secondly, and that means they're just allowing them to serve pints and drink pints and whatever you have in yourself. Uh, and secondly, not um, asking people to move on after 105 and five minutes. There are more receipts in the papers this morning. Uh, another one for, I think it was bangers and mash, fish and chips and something else. And 35 pints of Heineken. Uh, Kerry is the most popular place for staycationing in Ireland, according to a research in the Mirror this morning. This is what Irish people have said when they were asked what's your favourite country to go, county to go on holidays. First is Kerry, followed by Donegal, after Donegal, Galway, and then Cork. So we're fourth. So we've work to do there. Ghislaine Maxwell makes all of the newspapers. Uh, and uh, this is very interesting, not just for Ghislaine Maxwell, who's been uh, wanted by the FBI and has now been arrested trafficking and for um, uh, organising um, minors uh, for the uh, um, sexual ex- sexual exploitation of minors at the hands of uh, Jeffrey Epstein. But I think what's more interesting about this is that if she starts singing like a canary, you know, what's she going to say about Andrew? So the mirror or the sun this morning is saying, "I'll bet you're sweating now, Andy." That's kind of a throwback to when he was supposedly in a nightclub sweating profusely. He says he can't sweat, that he had uh, some medical uh, condition. But anyway, that's a big, big story, I have to say. And then there are other one or two which I'll come back to throughout the course of the morning, including, if you didn't know it, the wage bill for TDs and senators on an annual basis has now increased again to just under 20 million euro a year. It is up to you to answer as to whether you're getting value for money or not. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco, we'd like to ask all our customers to respect our dedicated times for our over 65s and family carers. Okay, let's go straight to that story that uh, you heard in the news earlier on this morning. This is uh, Armed Gardaí having to be called to back up uniformed officers who went to an incident at uh, Richmond FC's pitch last night round about half past seven I was sent some video footage of it last evening with lots of squad cars in the area uh, it involved a row that actually involved um, the use of machetes and knives Barry Roach has the story for the Irish Times he joins me by phone this morning Barry good morning morning Neil how are you doing I'm good so about half past seven last night in the Wilton area what happened yeah about half seven there were a group of three young men 
apparently they were making their way back from Duns. Uh, I think they may have been refused entry there or rejected. They were intoxicated and they were going back via Garon Darug near um, up Starsky's Road, uh, Eagle Valley, where Richmond FC were training. And Richmond FC were doing a warm-up and the three young men engaged them and they asked them for a ball. So the soccer team decided the easiest thing to do would be give them a ball. So they gave full of uh, football but another guy came over then and started uh, giving them verbals and it escalated and um, eventually I suppose the soccer club had enough and uh, basically they put the run on the three guys and I think literally left them with the bloody nose maybe but anyway the three fellas went home and came back with reinforcements with two others a man in his 50s uh, and a guy in his 20s the three chaps one was a teenager the other two were in their 20s but they also came back with um, a machete and a hurley and they started attacking the soccer team See, I thought it was cars, but it's actually... You know, they actually started on the team, first of all, so the, the lads in the team obviously decided early machete, so they retreated to the cars, and then the five um, assailants, or the five guys, started smashing up the cars with the machete and the hurley, and they smashed up five cars, broke windscreens, and there was one chap, he was in the back seat of one of the cars, um, he got uh, cuts to his face when the glass in his window was shattered and smashed in on top of him. So he was taken to hospital. I mean, they're not life-threatening injuries, but obviously it's upsetting. But the lads in uh, the cars anyway, they, they had mobile phones and they called the guards. They, they called the guardian. The guardian arrived. For, uh, it was a guard in his own first one. He tried to talk to the five guys, but they weren't having any of it. So he called for backup and a detective uh, from Toker and Bishop's own and uniforms arrived. And also the armed uh, support unit, who obviously would be equipped with... Um, things like tasers well firearms first of all I suppose with tasers and pepper spray and so forth now I gather they didn't have to deploy those but they arrested two of the five uh, the two that they arrested were stripped to the waist highly intoxicated very aggressive and they were arrested for public order offences and taken to Toka Garda station they were held for a number of hours there last night and they were released without charge so there's uh, an investigation ongoing and uh, some guardian prepare a file for the um, DPP on that they also confiscated a car that the, the five had arrived in because they, they didn't believe or they don't believe any of them have any insurance and then they carried out a search as well Gary, they were quite thorough in this they carried out a search of the area and they found and recovered a machete and a hurley hidden in the, the undergrowth uh, I understand that they're also checking CCTV down there there is some CCTV whether it covers the actual location where the um, uh, incident happened or not I'm not sure but they're in the process of doing that and of course they're doing scenes of crime stuff on the car and on the uh, machete and the uh, the hurley but a pretty nasty incident though last night and mm. thankfully nobody was seriously hurt but I mean you can imagine you're out training after lockdown as it were and you're suddenly this thing uh, confronted by a couple of fellas who are uh, have a lot of liquor on board and suddenly it escalates into this and the next thing somebody arrives with a machete it's um, you know it's, it's, it's staff to be honest where and where like I'm hearing more and more about people brandishing machetes are you are they easy to come by or do you even know I don't know to be honest I mean it's not like we have sort of a sugar cane no. crop that needs to be chopped yeah, on or yeah. anything like that but machines do all that work now so what's with the machetes yeah. where are they coming from and they feature fairly frequently yeah. you know yeah. Like yeah. you hear them being confiscated you hear incidents involving them um, and not just recently, I'd say going back 10, 15 years, I probably came across a court case. There was a, do you remember there was a really bad assault on a girl up in the American girl up in the Shannon Street, a guy attacked her with a machete, uh, without That's right. any, like, I mean, it wasn't even a spread, you know, I'm sure he could have robbed her without. Because they're deadly weapons, and huh? the, the blade on them is. I mean, like, they're, you know, you, 
I could well understand why you'd be getting into your car quickly and trying to yeah, yeah, get, yeah. The, get the hell out of it. You wouldn't want to talk that one down. You'd just try and get away from the scene. Yeah, yeah. I know. But as you say, like they're free, and I don't know where you buy them, to be honest, or what, whether they sold for gardening purposes or what technically, what do they... Well, the next time that I'm in a gardening shop store or whatever, I'm going to be looking at the shelves to see if they are up there alongside yeah. rakes and hoes and shovels and spades and things. I don't think so. I I'd, I'd so. be surprised. I mean, I'm not sure where... But as you say, they feature... And they feature I mean, OK, they're not an everyday occurrence, thankfully, but, you know, you might have two or three incidents a year that you'd hear about people being arrested with them or uh, them being seized by Gardaí or something like that. So they're not that uncommon, but at the same time... Uh, yeah. And they're, I mean, I presume they're abuse for hacking... Uh, Briars and brambles and clearance. In defence of people who use them, of course, they are. For, yeah, yeah, I yeah. presume that's their sort of official use or purpose. But, um, you know, last night, now, half seven, uh, July evening, you're training and suddenly you're confronted with this scenario. Well, so. uh, for anybody that's got a couple of minutes to spare, if you type in machete attack into Google, you will get pages and pages and pages of machete attacks and quite a number of them uh, here in this country. Okay, so these fellas then uh, have been released without charge, I believe, is it? And a file gone to the DPP. File so. gone to the DPP. I presume Gardy would hope to take um, formal statements from the soccer club or soccer team uh, and uh, put together a file for the DPP. As I say, checking CCTV, they'll be doing uh, forensic on the uh, machete and the... Um, the Hurley, uh, see, you know, whose fingerprints were in those, as it were, and um, our DNA, and similarly, say the car has been confiscated at the moment, because they don't believe those who arrived in it were, any of them were entitled to had insurance to drive it, so, yeah, yeah. say there's um, one guy in his 50s, three in their 20s, and one teenager, so uh, they're the people who uh, were the focus of guard attention last night, out and, and again, Gardy wrote there pretty quickly, I gather, because of the new roster system, or the rotor system, that there were plenty of people around uh, to get out there when uh, when push came to shove. Okay, good stuff. Thanks as always, Barry. Always at the end of a phone when needed. Much obliged, Barry Road, Southern Correspondent with the Irish Times. Be careful out there. You're talking about people driving, whether they're insured or not, but uh, there is a driving-related story in the news today because more and more people are back to work. You probably have noticed an awful lot more traffic congestion now. And the examiner this morning is talking about traffic congestion in Cork on the rise as workers take to the roads once again. Tell you what, I have noticed very much. I came back this morning at, at five o'clock from down west. But um, what you do notice on the road is an awful lot more trucks and artics. I did see one or two co- what looked like coach tour buses to me. I saw one of the bus errand type touristy coach buses uh, doing the rounds. I couldn't see in way up too high to see if there's any tourists inside but I did see one of those I mean you kind of do a double take when you see a tour bus now but lots and lots of artics and trucks and vans of different short sorts and shapes obviously people back at work and that's good for the economy soon things will be thriving again call the Neil Prenderville show now 1850 104 Red FM ok been over half a million deaths now worldwide from coronavirus not going to be talking about coronavirus all morning in case you think I am 516,000 and within that figure is 1,738 deaths that are belong to us, the Irish. 1,738. Um, the figure uh, for Cork and Kerry uh, is 54 people died from COVID-19 in Cork and Kerry since the pandemic began. And when you break those down of the 54, 40 of them died in Cork between uh, the 20th of March and the end of May. So I don't have the figure to update for June. Uh, but the median age then for the southwest region when you look at all of those deaths, those sad and tragic deaths, the median age 
of the person who contracted the virus and died was 83 years old. And of course, we were getting those stats uh, over a long period of time, pretty much every day from Dr. Tony Hulham. And who knows what's going on in anyone's life? I mean, it came as a total shock uh, when he announced last night that he was taking time out, that his wife was unwell, that she has cancer, that she is uh, going in for, for, for palliative care. And I must say, when I heard that, I said, I never knew that. You mean that was going on in his life all through this? I mean, what a cra- what a courageous and brave and strong man to be able to continue in such an important role. And I imagine the, the criticism that some people had, and it was, I bet all that melted away when we heard this news. He announced last night that he would be taking time out from his fight, as the mirror puts it, his fight against the COVID-19 uh, pandemic to spend more time with his wife, Emer. Uh, this was his announcement, or at least a section of it from last evening. From today, um, I'll be taking time out from all of my work commitments to be with my family. My wife, Emer, was diagnosed with multiple myeloma, a form of blood cancer, in 2012. She's had a number of difficult years with her disease and was admitted for palliative care last Saturday. And I now want to give my energy, attention and all of my time to Emer and to our two teenage children, Cloda and Roman. I've spoken with the Taoiseach and the Minister for Health today and other colleagues about this, and they've all kindly offered their support and best wishes to both of us. A plan has been put in train for others to take over responsibility for different aspects of my role. The Department will issue a statement in due course when that has been finalised. I can confirm that Dr. Ronan Glynn, who has worked alongside me for the duration of this pandemic, has been appointed Acting Chief Medical Officer and will chair these press conferences from now on. As a husband and father and as a public health doctor, I'm conscious that we've been through tough times together over the last number of months and many families across the country have been affected by the course of COVID-19, suffering pain and the loss of loved ones. I hope that we can all remain working together to continue to stay vigilant, to keep our social distance and take personal responsibility for our own health in the first instance, as well as looking after our family members and friends and those we care about most. I'd like to thank everyone for their ongoing support, understanding and respect for my family's privacy and would ask that this would continue. Thank you. Okay, and uh, Michal Martin, the Taoiseach, then paid tribute to him last night. He says, as a country, we owe him and his family a great debt of gratitude. Um, it wasn't, um, you know, it, it, it was very, very surprising news. I don't think anybody was expecting it. Some response from, from you guys, because we shared this online. Uh, Tony was amazing through the pandemic. He was such a calming influence. Thank you so much, Tony. May God bless your family and give you strength at this time. Liz says, well done to Dr. Tony Houlihan. He did a great job for the whole country. Best wishes to him and his family. Anna says, Tony was such a wonderful, kind, intelligent man. He kept going uh, to help us all. It's now time for him to take care of his own family. Thank you so much, Tony. Michelle calls him an amazing man. He did everything he could to try and protect us. Uh, now it's time for Tony to be with his own family at this difficult time, thinking of him and his family stay strong. Rose says he's done a fantastic job the past couple of months and he had his own problems in his own life. He needs this time with his wife and family. Um, and uh, it's interesting that Gerald, somebody here in one of the texts says exactly what I was thinking. Marie actually says, says you never know what's happening in people's lives, do you? Best wishes for the future, Tony. And George says, you're an honourable gentleman for keeping us safe and looking out for us these last few months, thinking of you and your family. Mind each other. Excellent throughout the pandemic, says Geraldine. Debbie says, thank you for your service. I'm sorry for your family's difficulties. 
David calls him a giant of a man, a rock for the Irish nation. And that's just a selection, lads. If I were to read them all out, I'd be here till 10 o'clock. Anthony's on the phone and we've got more calls to do after him. So line him up if you like, guys. Anthony, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How yeah, are you? It was very surprising news, wasn't it? It was actually, yes. And I do feel sorry for the men on a personal level. On a professional level, I think he was a scaremonger. He terrified people. He contradicted the government. He more or less acted as if he was in government that he could pass laws and this, that and the other. So, but on a personal level, I do feel sorry for him and I do feel sorry for his wife and I hope she makes a recovery. Can I just just let you know that, in case you didn't know, the government had were listening to him, not him listening to the government. So with regards to this pandemic... He had the call, not the politicians. You seem to be confused and putting it the other way around. Well, I don't think so. I don't think the left hand know what the right hand was doing. That's not that's not the point I'm making. He 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 was the chief medical officer who was giving the advice that was listened to by politicians, not the other way around. So that was all it was always going to be a very tough job. He was always going to be the one that was going to be criticized for everything. So I think it was. I think he behaved bravely. When you consider now what was going on in his life at the same time, he could have just said, "Sod this! I'm to put up with this criticism and this name calling." Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but then again, uh, I don't know. Is it a bit of a? Um, I don't know. Uh, we we don't know what's going on in anyone's personal life. But I mean, when you go to your work, you go to your work. And whatever is happening in your personal life is your personal life. Yeah, you know, one shouldn't overshadow the other. Well, I mean, it's, I don't, like, I don't, yeah. I not don't want to dissect everything you're saying, and I perhaps I'm coming across as if I am. But we did need to be scared back in the day, Anthony. We did need to be frightened about this. We did need to be told, "Wake up! Something awful is coming if we don't get our if I don't get it, if we don't get our act together." You know. Yes. Well. Well, you, you you know my situation. I, I think half the country knows my situation at this stage now, but I don't care less than one way or the other. But, I mean, when it came to that COVID payment, everyone has a PPS number, and they're cutting it back now at last, which they should have done in the first place, because all they had to do was enter your PPS number into a computer and know how much you were earning. Yeah. And yeah. how much you should be entitled to. Yeah. It shouldn't have been a blanket three hundred and fifty for everyone, whether you were earning seventy quid or two hundred and fifty quid before that. And that's why it ended up with you guys having to put up with all this carry on up around the college road, magazine road, glashian road with the you saw the video of the COVID party in Waterford, I assume, did you? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's no shock to me. No, no I wouldn't have thought I'd, so. I'd say you're putting up a That's all in a day's work around here. Yeah. <laughs> that's nothing new. Don't know, I don't know if you'd, ha- if you'd have that many coming out of a three-bedroom three terraced house, though, would you? I counted 69 of them. Mm, well... Certainly 40, anyway, yeah? There was 38 came out of house a couple of doors down for me a couple of weeks ago. 38? So, yeah. 38? Yeah, that's quite normal. I mean, it's become, and I can't stand that expression, the new normal. It's become the new normal. And I just, I don't know. 
And I mean, the parking inspectors are having an absolute field day. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. Are they, fi- are, they, are they issuing fines to cars? Yeah, they're parked everywhere up the footpath, everywhere. Every available space. Even the poor people when Dunleary House was developed there, you know, across from the clock doctor there in Magazine Road. Yeah. When that development was opened, all of a sudden now there's a load of cars parked in front of the old people's houses in Horrigan's building. But they obviously stay the night, do they? They don't drive it drunk at two in the morning like they're, they're there for the duration. Mm, um, I can't comment. I don't know for certain, but... And I don't think it's totally alcohol either, Nile Chicanus. Ah, yeah, well, of course, there's an awful lot of drugs as well. They wouldn't, one would go hand in hand with the other. Claire actually says, I'm absolutely furious looking at the uh, Waterford COVID party. Well done to the person who recorded it and shared the video. As for the do-gooders who are ranting on about people's privacy and protection and that they have a right to party, uh, who cares what you think? It's by sharing these recordings that we become aware of what these selfish people are up to. A bunch of selfish young pups. First of all, where did they get the money for the alcohol? They look quite young, so who bought it for them? Well, the money would have probably come from a COVID payment. Where did their parents think they are? And third, why were they allowed to walk out of the house carrying bags of alcohol? No names or addresses taken, no fines, nothing. At least the alcohol should have been confiscated. IDs should have been checked if they were underage. They should have been taken off them. Um, I'm sure the Gardaí have something else to do instead of breaking up these parties. These teens think they're invincible. They should have spent the last few nights watching the documentary from St. James's Hospital. Uh, it might eventually sink home then. That documentary was heart-wrenching. And those patients could have been their nanas and granddads. So that's uh, an interesting perspective yeah. on the house party yeah. from Waterford. But just hold on there, Barry. Neil, good morning. You're well. Good, good. Do you hear me all right? Yeah. I can, yeah. Okay, that's better. That's better. Go ahead. What's on your mind? Um, your caller there, who's currently on the line, um, giving out about Dr. Tony Holohan, uh running amok and holding the whole country to ransom. Who does this fella think he is? Um, Dr. Tony Holohan, it's Chief Medical Officer. Um, oh, I know who I skilled, am. Trained, skilled, and um, well able to speak about this pandemic. And you have a fella there who, um, I'd say, you know, ha- has no clue about a pandemic or any medical field whatsoever. Questioning his have authority. You? Have it's you? Just, um, well, I didn't have question his authority. Have you got medical authority, qualifications? I don't, but more to the point, I didn't question yeah, his authority. Well, don't be you talking to about be. me then. Well, you seem to be, which is very unfair of you and very unfair in this on Dr. Tony Hoolin, who we know well, now what he was doing. I don't have to have a medical qualification. Well, I, all right, one at a, t- one at a time, guys, because he did, he, he did separate, Anthony, um, the, the personal life of Dr. Tony Holohan and the illness of his wife and his but, professional role during this but, pandemic. Fair enough, but how dare you question him? I mean, we needed we need a Dr. Tolo, Dr. Tony Holland. He was um, he was a candle he was the candlelight in the window of Ireland, Neil, for these past few months. Is the best way I could describe him. He was the peace. He was the go-to person that we listened to. Um, we had to adhere to his his advice. He was not running the country, um, Anthony. Is it? He wasn't holding anyone to ransom. And I just think it's very disingenuous of you to um, this Dr. Tony Holland like this live on air. You should be just um, you should just keep your mouth shut it's just very unfair I can't believe you're saying it how dare you tell me I should keep my mouth shut I'm entitled to my opinion the same as you're entitled to your no opinion how off the wall it is how dare you true? tell me to keep my mouth shut it's I'm entitled to my opinion, opinion the same as anyone else is I believe 
Yeah, I mean, how dare you tell anyone to keep their mouth shut? It's. We love freedom of speech. I'm all for, but you're just so off. I think you should go and live in North Korea if you want to live in a society like that. Did you not like Dr. Dr. Tony Hulin's take on COVID-19 as a pandemic? Had you an issue with all of it or some of it? I simply said that I don't agree with everything that he's saying. We're all being told. I went for a haircut yesterday for the first time since March. March. Whoopee yeah. for you. Well yeah. done. God, you've got such a big cross to bear. Yeah, go on. Are you just going to be sarcastic and smart with me? You're talking I'm about me. To... You're talking about me being sarcastic about Tony Hoolan, and you've done nothing. That was sarcastic, Barry. Barry, 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 that was be, that was below the belt. Have to say, oh, okay, unfairly so. He was making. He was Dr. trying Tony to make Hoolan. a point, right? He went for a haircut, and yeah, and Anthony, and I had to wear a mask, and of course, I said I was going to cut my locks. I had to hold the mask to one side of my face. Ah, uh, come here. Listen, okay, in, in, all, in all fairness, and, now there was people couldn't and, attend and, the funerals of their parent. Yeah. you know, and, and I can yes, talk from experience know, on that one, Anthony. I can talk from experience. You're giving out about holding your holding your side lock to one side to get a haircut. First, come on, man. I know that's a first world problem. But you have to say that again. And then people have to wear masks on buses. But Ryanair can pack a plane. Let's go back to Tony Hoolan, sir. Three rows. Three in a row. That's got nothing to do. That's got well. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. He's the saying is your attitude to Doctor Tony Hoolan. He's saying professional. Ah, listen, I tell you one thing. I, I think it's the saddest news I ever heard that somebody who's You're been crazy. working away twenty four seven for the last four months has a wife dying from cancer. I just think You're here. how you He's could the even light in the window of everyone in Ireland, Neil. That's how could you even that, concentrate that, on your job? There you go. And you've Anthony here giving, complaining about having to get his locks cut and moving a mask to one side. Look, do you have to make it really personal? Have you got some issue with me or something? You're making it really personal. I'm talking in general. I'm talking in general. I'm not making any personal. Hold on there. Jump in there, Siobhan. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? What what are you you, taking all of this? Um, Well, I I don't agree with with Anthony at all. Um, Obviously, he's entitled to his opinion, but I I think it was a pity it was your first call because I think it's probably an opinion of a very small minority if any at all but I'm not ringing to Anthony I'm ringing to talk about Dr Hulin and I just made a comment on your post last night I was very moved by his news report on the TV when I watched it and I think what he has been through, we, we, I think a lot of people can relate to it because cancer has touched, I think, every family in Ireland. It's touched my family and I know what it was like to go through it. And it's hugely draining and it's emotional. And I've seen mm. how my family has had to go through it. He has done that with not giving any sign. And I would say his family as well. His young children, his wife, have been... He's teenage kids, hasn't he? He's teenage kids. he has. He's two teenage kids, yeah. And he has been through this while, Mm -hmm. I think, carrying the country. But a bad guy is I'm going to take his eye off the ball. agree. In a very calm manner, in a very professional Mm -hmm. manner. In I don't agree that he scaremongered, actually. I don't think he went far enough. Here, here. I think he, when he gave out to us, which he did, he did mm-hmm. it in a way of educating us 
is what he was trying to do. He was trying to educate us to do the right thing. Only my opinion, but I think he did an amazing job. Um, I think, the, you know, obviously all our frontline workers, especially the healthcare workers, an amazing job. Yeah. They deserve far more than a clap, but I would like to put forward that we as a nation should clap for Dr. Holden and his family because they have been supporting him. Maybe light a candle for his, maybe light a candle for his yes, wife. Put a candle yeah, in the window. Yeah, yeah. He, he was peace no. and he was calm, yeah. Yeah, and, and you Why know, should we light a candle for his wife? He was doing well, Anthony, his job. What's your and issue with him, Anthony? It's my opinion. It's just my but opinion. Anthony, what's like your you issue with yours? Tony Holden? So, like, I tell you, Anthony, any, I, I light candles for people all the time who are unwell or going through difficult times. And, uh, I mean, yeah. So do I. I lost a parent to cancer. I lost a friend to cancer. It's not as if I don't know what it's about. Yeah, I know. Why, I know. Is he coming out, why is he coming out about it now? Like I said, it's oh like a left hand. No, like palliative care means it could be end of life, you know. Yeah. And you know what I mean? He must have known that all along. Yeah, and that's and why that's why I think he's a remarkable man, that he carried all of this. That's the point, Anthony, not to be dissing the poor gentleman, who's in professional opinion, Anthony, about which you and I have no, know nothing about pandemics and how to, how to, how to um, deal with them and how to walk around them. I listened to Dr. Tony Hulin and took his advice on board because he was the expert. And your issue and your... You're dissing of the well, man. Well, I so can tell you now, Dr. Tony Hoolan is an expert, yeah. and I'll turn on Sky yeah. News, and there'll be another expert will say something totally conflicting. I understand your, I understand your exasperation. The exasperation is grounded in the totally fact that we were... Your exasperation is grounded in the fact that we were going into the unknown. If, if I could only turn the clock back down, back, I know what we would have done. We would have closed down all nursing homes, all healthcare facilities, and we would have put every hospital and nursing home into lockdown and never shut the economy. But we didn't know that then. I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything about the man personally. I'm not saying anything <laughs> against the man personally. I'm not. I'm talking, about him. I'm talking you- about him in a professional capacity. And he overshot the bows. He's saying something different. Like, we can't go anywhere on holidays, but every man and his dog from all over Europe and all over the world can come in here. But we can't go on holidays in case we spread it. But every man and his dog... That's down, to, num- that's down, to, numpty, that's down to numpty politicians. That's a government decision. Yeah. You, you, you don't seem to know what your left hand is doing, your right hand. You mentioned that about him. Come on, Anthony, that's a government decision. Don't, Dr. Tony Hoolahan gave us the medical facts. Medical advice that I, I adhere to and I clung to. Yeah, but he government shouldn't override the government. Well, he shouldn't okay, override okay. the government. It's still the way. It's still yeah, the way. He shouldn't override the government. Lads, do you mind if I move on? Do you mind if I move on? Appreciate it. Thank you, Siobhan. Kind words. Thank you, Barry. Kind words. Thank you, Anthony, for his opinion. Is anybody? Will anybody forget way back? when he stood up and walked over to that graph. Do you remember that? And there was different lines on the graph, where we were at, where we would be if we flattened the curve, and where we would be, and the amount of deaths and illness if we didn't. And that was the line that went up. I'll never forget that moment. I was saying, oh my God, like we really need to get our act together on this one. Um, that was way back in the early days. Uh, sometimes, as I've always said, an image can speak speak a thousand words. Your thoughts are welcome, as always. Text 0868104106. Back after these. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. Text 0868104106. And there's a lot texting on this one for sure with regards to uh, 
Anthony's take on Dr. Tony Houlihan. Meanwhile, I also see a text there from somebody who actually was in Duns last night when those characters went in, uh, the ones that ended up going away and getting a machete and a hurley, apparently. And it's another example of the hassle that staff have to put up with these times. Uh, these fellows were out of their heads on drink. Apparently, they were well drunk. Well, into Duns and we're giving the staff grief. Lines open, text 0868104106. Carol's, oh, my dear, a friend of mine have kept her a bit long. Anyway, see if we can get her back. She's on line six and we can come back to that again. Many people have been out and about now, yeah? Um, and uh, wondering whether or not it's safe to book a holiday and heading to get their hair done. It's interesting, talking about, this was bound to ha- happen where you can compare the two. My hair cost me the price of, my, of a holiday. Don't give up my details and I'm not. Um, but she yesterday went into a hairdresser's to have her hair done. One of the hairdressing chains that recently came in for a lot of criticism. Uh, and she said, I had to put a box color from a supermarket in my hair during lockdown. And I knew going into the salon that I would have to pay extra money to fix it from the box color. Did anybody have a successful box cutting, uh, box color episode, I wonder? Uh, as I had no magazine to read while I was getting my hair done, I was people watching and observing. The salon was very crowded with staff and people having their hair done. I could not see much physical distancing being adhered to. And there was one or two sprays of disinfectant there and then. Uh, to be honest, I only go there because the girl who does my hair in there is a lovely person and I enjoy going in to see her. Then, after all of the work, I went to pay for my hair and I was charged €285. Euro. I normally pay €120 euro maximum. €285 is the price of a week's holiday in the sun. I understand the extra money for the box colour being used in my hair, but I thought it was going to be maybe €40, perhaps €60 extra, not €150 extra. I wonder, has this happened to anybody else? Thanks, Neil. Um, So instead of paying €120 because of, uh, you know, box colour gate, she didn't pay €120, she paid €285. Anybody else uh, have an experience like that where it was over twice? Uh, nearly two and a half times the price of your normal due. Lines open, one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. My apologies, Carol, I lost you in there somewhere, but thankfully I have you back again. No, Good but, morning. Hi, Neil, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Listen, I just, um, when I heard Dr. Houlihan talking last night, you know, I don't know, do you know, there was something that just hit you. I just thought it was so, so sad that all through this, that was going on in his life. That's the one thing I can't get out of my so, head, actually. No, yeah. I agree with you there, yeah. He's been so calm and so dignified. Like, he just showed his class, really, didn't he? Because my point is, some days there you see on social media and people are going for a routine appointment, very minor things now, to CUH. And they have to check in on Facebook. What does that mean? What what do you mean, check in on Facebook? Like, you'll get someone just say, no, Neil Prendeville um, has checked in at CUH Hospital. So then everyone is like, oh, hi, Neil, are you all right? Does that happen? Don't answer you at all. Oh, it's ridiculous. But then the person doesn't answer anymore. You know what I mean? So, and I'm just saying that's the difference, isn't it? That's just class there now and dignity. The way he just do you do you do, see? I I'm not on Facebook. It's the lads here look after Facebook. My my area is, is Instagram, right? It's a nice happy place. I think Facebook and Twitter are vicious places a lot of the time. But yeah. are you saying that they check in? at the hospital on Facebook to let people know they're in hospital? They're not even in hospital. Like, you could be just going out now for a routine appointment, right? And they're like, oh, Neil Prenceville just checked into the UH. And then somebody will say, oh, God, I hope you're okay. But But do they do it? Do they do that? Forgive me now, but do they do that so that people will ask them, oh, hon, are you all right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I hope you're okay, hon. 
good luck, hon. And all the, and I'm just saying, oh my God, like. But then when you see the difference with him last night and all through this, he had all the, I mean, palliative care. She's very near the end now. And he was so dignified and that's just class, like, isn't it? I, I think it, well, class is a good word. Yeah, it's, bra- it's, yeah. it's brave to be carrying that throughout all this, in spite of, of the... Of course it is, you know In spite I mean? of the, and on top of the criticism that he took, but, they, you know... Who's ever top of the tree is the one that's always going to be criticised, and that comes oh, with the territory. But he could I mean, equally he could, could equally any, have said, "Listen, have I've got what." Could anybody have handled it better? Do you know what I mean? Like everyone saying they they went overboard. If they didn't go overboard, and we did get the big surge, and we weren't ready, then they would have got criticised. You know what I mean? So you can't win. No, you couldn't but, win with something like this. No, you're. I mean, that's the. There's a poison chalice anyway. There's a poison chalice. Exactly. So people are doing that, and then, oh uh, yeah, it, 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 Brenda saying to me another thing that people put up. Uh, send me a DM, hon XX. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you want, that means if you really want to know, then that's like that's like um, they're hooking in. Then oh, there must be something. Bad. serious wrong there yeah. now yeah. so I'll private message them I, and they'll only tell me it's an ingrown it's, it's, an, it's an ingrowing toenail no disrespect to ingrowing toenails they're painful I, I know, know yes yeah. but that's what I'm trying to say and yeah. this is all just for likes and, and and then you have this man there being so dignified and just I, you know I'm just saying to God help us it's so sad like isn't it I'm with you on that I'm really? with you on that fair yeah, play fair really play. so sad alright listen so. lovely talking have a great weekend right, Carol have a good weekend you too super call Bye. love those kind of calls text 0868104106 pick up the phone on 1850104106 I'm not going to take that call I've got about two minutes um, so I can do this call in two minutes or maybe park it or come back to it after ten let's let's see what the story is I might pick it up again after ten Jerry good morning Good morning, Ian. How are you? I'm well. Um, now, I did see the stats earlier in the week. You were referring to the amount of termination abortions in this country since um, the law changed in Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. 6,666, was it? 6,666 six, six plus two, um, 378, I think, went to the, uh, the UK. Yeah. To, to, uh, I mean, it's uh, an appalling figure, like, and... The deception part of the devious deception two years ago was how it wouldn't it wouldn't increase the number of, of uh, abortions, and you look at the figure from two thousand and eighteen. It was two thousand eight hundred and eighty, I think. In and Ireland was, or travel to the UK? In, in Ireland, and in in traveling to the UK before you see you couldn't go. Yeah, before before it came into. So, what, what is your point that two thousand eight hundred traveled to the UK, but when it was legalized in Ireland, the number tripled? Seven thousand here. Yeah, well, it over doubled. You know, it, it over it over doubled, and it's going on, and the, it's the normality of it, and the kind of it's almost looked upon as this mass murdering of the unborn as a triumph. Of, of look at the look at the marvelous service we're providing. Knows that we can kill, whether we we can kill six thousand six hundred and sixty six babies at home. Are you, but do you believe in democracy? I do, but true, uh, true democracy is subject to truth. I mean, you can't legalize murder. No, but but we, but we didn't legalize we didn't legalize murder. This was about the right for women to choose. No, no. You don't choose. Uh, mur- murder is never a matter of choice. You kill the unborn, an innocent person. I was an unborn person one time. It's like all, all lives matter. Not just black lives or white lives matter. All lives matter.
No, you can legalize. I mean, all, all lives matter. I know, I know, I know, I know that. But like, you know, what, what are the chances? Of, what are the chances of a white person being shot in a car because both their hands aren't showing? That's outside. It shouldn't. Whether 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 it's a well, black that, 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 or, or a white person is shot, they're both wrong. Whether whether a white whether a black man shoots a white man or a white man shoots a black man, they're both absolutely and utterly wrong. Okay. And if okay. you're killing an unborn baby, it's the same. I mean, slavery was legalized once upon the time. Apartheid was legalized. It was never moral. Morality never changes. Legality changes, but morality does not. Murder is still murder. You can you can legalize it, like like uh, the Gulag Russians did, or the or the, the Holocaust Germans did for the Jews. But more than, yeah, okay, more than 6,500 terminations were carried out in Ireland last year. New figures reveal 6,666 terminations. Interestingly, I saw a text on this the other day saying that's the devil's number, which I thought was kind of a bit strange. It covers the period January 2019 to December 2019, and it's the shocking. figure has just been announced. 6,000... Appalling murder. Like, 600. Anyone who con- I remember anyone who condones murder is guilty of murder. I mean, that's an appalling... But that's, a very, that's a very upsetting thing now for a woman to hear it's who's true, had a termination for, for mean, reasons best known to herself that you would be calling very, her... No, in a very exceptional case. Now, you, I'll take this case. They are exceptional cases where in the case of rape or multiple rape, I would be perfectly happy to stop conception taking place by giving the morning... Okay, I'll, I'll pick it up after 10... The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco, we'd like to ask all our customers to respect our dedicated times for our over 65s and family carers. Okay, um, I'll come back to our calls in a few minutes' time, but being Friday, I wanted to mix things up a bit, and Mark's put together a little montage. Every day, we have uh, three-course meals for four people with a bottle of champagne and a round of cocktails to give away. We're talking maybe €300 Euro worth of... Uh, uh, four-course meal with, with drinks, courtesy of ourselves and Clancy's in the heart of the city. They've done all sorts of work to uh, make people safe and physically distant and still have a wonderful experience inside in Clancy's on Princess Street and this outside dining as well, which I want to talk to Paul Montgomery about, see how that's going on the street. But um, they also have a fantastic roof lounge now, a roof garden, which looks absolutely magnificent. It's a real jewel in the crown there. So um, the deal is we put three little tunes together. I'll open the phone lines around about a quarter to midday and you need to identify the three songs. Now, these are gold, you know, gold classics. Have a listen. Maybe that's why I know them. <laughs> For the first time in a long time, I know all three. So give those another couple of spins between now and a quarter to midday. Open the phone lines. Uh, we'll take caller nine and every caller thereafter. Get the three songs right, artists and titles, and you will win today's prize. Three-course meal for four with champagne and cocktails at Clancy's. And you can book for Clancy's in the city, www.clancyscork.ie. They're doing food and drinks all day long into the early evening. All right, and they also have new procedures in place to keep you safe, including temperature checks on arrival, sanitation points, and table service. Did I ever think I'd be saying all of those kind of things? But they're the times we live in, I suppose. Anyway, lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. And we'll come back to uh, to Jerry in a moment. I ran out of time from just before 
at 10 o'clock this morning. But Morgan says, I voted no. If someone is going to die due to pregnancy, I think she's actually coming on air. She's no point in me reading out the text, if you like, and I can come back to it in a few minutes' time. But I will come back to it, of that you can be sure. But with regards to travelling and uh, heading out and about, or indeed uh, opportunities to get on a Ryanair flight, uh, I want to do this now because I'll run out of time otherwise. You know, I was saying that 23 different routes now are announced for Cork Airport with regard to Ryanair, which meant that some people would have been checking in and going off on their halls or for a bit of sunshine yesterday uh, at Cork Airport. Well, Seamus Whelan was there as well. Have a listen. I'm flying to Luton. My sister just had a baby, so I'm helping her with childcare for a few weeks. I'm pretty scared, to be honest. Yeah, I'm pretty nervous. I'm more nervous about coming back because I know their cases are way higher over there. So I'm kind of nervous of bringing it back home to my family here, whereas I'm definitely going to quarantine for two weeks, yeah, 100%. I was like half-assed about it before, but now that I'm actually thinking about flying, I'm like, no, definitely will be by myself for those two weeks. Uh, London. I came over here for the quarantine before middle March because we all got laid off over there, but now I can go back to work. So, uh, yeah, I'm flying back out now. I saw when I booked it, there wasn't that many people on it, but they didn't seem to have any social distancing. Like, you could book any seat you want, and they didn't have, like, the middle ones free or anything like that, but I don't think there's many people on it, so <laughs> should be all right, I think. I'm flying UK from Poland. I don't know. I'm f- this is crazy yeah? <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> I'm flying to Reus, Tarragona. Hopefully we'll be good. <laughs> you're, you're not nervous? No, it's a strange situation, but it's fine. Yeah. I go to see my family, so... Um, I'm travelling to London. Uh, I think people have overreacted a little bit, to be quite honest. Um, I, I am a medic myself, and, uh, uh, you know, when I was younger we would treat open tuberculosis, typhoid and that sort of thing. And as long as you obey simple rules, you should be fine. Do you know where you're quarantining when you come back, no? I do, but uh, that's no problem. I have a massive garden. (laughs) As long as I have my mask on, I feel okay. I'm travelling over to visit family that I haven't been able to see yet. And are you worried that you may have to quarantine when you come back? Yes, yeah, I'm aware of that, yeah. Cork Airport yesterday. Meanwhile, Fiona Donovan from the Red FM newsroom was in the city yesterday, wondering how comfortable people would be with flying abroad. Was it an option for them? The 14-day quarantine, but is that affecting their decision? You go on your halls, you have to quarantine for 14 days when you come back. Although, that is subject to change. This is Fiona from the streets of Cork yesterday. Uh, I just don't think there's a point if you're going to have to isolate and when you come back again. Yeah, I agree. And just in general with the virus, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. No, it depends how things go really. Like, I don't think I'd be comfortable at least maybe for another year, maybe. Yeah. Next, next year sometime, yeah. I just came back from New Zealand. The embassy brought me home. And did you have to quarantine? Um, yeah, for two weeks. Coming back from New Zealand, it was and uh, it was like all boarded up. Everything was white. There was no shops, like no nothing, no food, no nothing. 18 hours and then another 8 hours. It was horrible. So you have to do it. You have to come home. I would go back over there, like, but I wouldn't go over there while the virus is here. Like I thought, like even when we were coming home from, like. Ash or New Zealand just like we would be separated into plane like but we were all packed in like cause and masks? No. Yeah. Yeah I would. Um like I say it doesn't seem to be making much difference. And um they should because everyone's carrying on as normal. If they if they're gonna do anything then they should do something like um you know say everybody has to wear face masks or whatever. I I, w- I suppose I wouldn't wouldn't go abroad. No the virus like 
But I, I don't understand then how gyms and some preschools are open, like, you know, just, I don't know, I can't understand it, like. No, absolutely not. Why not? Um, I'd be afraid because I'd pick it up and you'd have to um, self-isolate, which is a little long. I'd rather stay at home this year. And do you think that people should be cancelling their trips? Yes. Definitely. Because it's it's not safe. I don't well in my opinion I don't think it's safe yet to travel. Because you might come back with it and then you're spreading to tell the people, blah blah blah, we're not sure. And I know there's a lot of people booked straight away when we were told you can't fly and now they're saying you can't fly and they, I was listening to the radio action. They were saying it because no, well I wouldn't I wouldn't dream of it. I would, I'd love to. I'd love to be on the way playing out in Tarmelinas as we speak, but it's not gonna happen this year for me. Okay. I was jo- going to Tarmelinas and uh, the end of this month. So, and did you get your money back? We did, well, we got vouchers, because we go there often and blah, blah, blah. So I'll be holidaying now in, um, in a mobile home with my daughter up the country <laughs> and be glad of it. If I was told, look, it's safe now, go, go. I'll go tonight. But I, I, personally, I personally think it's not safe yet, because like, I know in my heart that people will come back and they won't self-isolate. And I've seen it happen already. I've seen people be in England or haven't come. They're not self-isolating. Listen, the many pennies open, people said, it's over. To be honest, I wasn't really at the moment with all the stuff that's going on. I have family over in the UK at the moment, so I'm meant to be flying out in three months. Um, but with Ryanair, we still don't know what's happening or anything like that. But we haven't fully booked the flights yet, so we're going to wait now and see what's going to happen with it. But to answer your question, no, I wouldn't at the moment. I think at this stage now, everything's just getting worse. I think what's after happening now is people are after relaxing a little bit more and are after forgetting about what's actually happening. So I think we're coming out of it too fast. I think we need to kind of slow down and take take the time that we need and then get back to normal then again even if it takes that extra bit longer I think we should still do it I think it'd just be better to wait uh, yeah I suppose I would I'd be comfortable flying places that there wasn't a lot of cases would you be worried about you know contracting over there and bringing it back or um well I suppose if I actually thought about it properly I mightn't go but the idea of getting out of here sounds appealing but I probably wouldn't actually go there'd right. always be that worry until it's 100% gone but I wouldn't be worried too much about it, no. I think things just need to start back up and we need to learn to live with it. And if it gets bad again, we'll have to go back into another proper lockdown. Hopefully not, though. That's interesting from the streets of Cork yesterday. Thank you, Fiona. Uh, One woman there said, the minute pennies opened their doors, many, many people said, it's all over now. Didn't hear anybody in there making a point along the lines of, if you're up to 45 or 50 years old, very, very healthy, what would stop you from going on holidays as long as when you came back you stayed away from elderly people, you didn't mix with uh, many, many people that you didn't know or indeed you didn't hang out with people who were immunosuppressed or had asthma or issues with diabetes or, you know, stay out of nursing homes and stay away from hospitals. So if you could tick all those boxes and you were healthy, uh, the virus wouldn't take a tap out of you really uh, if you're 100% fit and healthy and younger. But anyway, nobody made that point, so I make it instead. Lines open at one eight fifty one four one zero six, and I ran out of time before 10. Jerry, good morning. Good morning, Ian. Okay, so I cut good you morning. off midstream there, and I want to get to more calls on the 6,666 terminations uh, carried out in Ireland. That's nearly 7,000 abortions last year. Um, and you say um, that it's... I think, I think uh, yeah, okay, you call it appalling, but the point that I was picking up from you was that if it was 2,500 before we legislated for abortion in Ireland. Why has it gone up to nearly 7,000 now? It's more easily available, obviously, really, because, you know, it's just, and it's kind of approved of, I mean, to kill of approving. I mean, that's a natural law, thou shalt not kill. And we've approved of it and legalised it, which which people, 
don't see the, ignore the convenient gravity of it. I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a selfish convenience to kill an unborn baby because really, really, why they're killed is because they're impinging on their time and their money. I mean, you have moral. But how do you? You don't. You see, you're entitled to your opinion. Don't get me wrong, but you don't know that. No, like, not kill. Well, thou shalt not kill. It is not an opinion. It's, it's a moral. No, law. no. You, you say because it's impeding on their time and their money. In, in the in the mass, vast majority of cases, like in the in, in their on their unwanted pregnancies rather than crisis pregnancy. A crisis pregnancy is where the the mother or the child is in grave danger. That's a crisis pregnancy. An unwanted pregnancy is when you get pregnant when you didn't expect to get pregnant or where you didn't want to. That's unwanted. There's a, there's a big difference between a crisis pregnancy and an unwanted one. Now the unwanted one, and it's it's very irresponsible and careless. I mean, with the the, the, the country is awash with contraception. And go back 35 years ago, and there was no contraception in the country until 1985, until it became more freely available. There was very few abortions in the country then, and a wise old man said to me, I was all in favour of contraception. I voted, I said, listen, this will stop the very few unwanted pregnancies and, and people going abroad to England for abortions. Mm. I said, he told me, I guarantee you, it'll open the floodgates. I said, it won't. I said, I said contraception will stop unwanted pregnancies. Sure, it was tiny 35, 40 years ago. It's gigantic. No, mine's 6,600. I, I don't know that there were, I don't know that there was any proper research of statistics being taken 13, 40 years ago. It was absolutely minute. You'd hear it very rarely. I know there were 6,666. There was a lot of backstreet abortions and um, things uh, yeah, that led to infections and death and everything. It wouldn't be 6,666 and 378 going abroad. There's, um, there's, a very, there's a very interesting column piece. Hang on a second. There's a very interesting column piece in the Examiner this morning by Alison O'Connor where she says the availability of abortion to Irish citizens is actually a sign of a mature society, she says. She's, it's, she, a sign, it's, a, it's a sign of an immoral killing society. It's a killing society. I mean, we've killed 6,666 innocent unborn babies. There's nothing mature about that. It's very brutal. The article talks. Uh, the article talks about the fact that into a baby. That, no, it's a, it's it's a tablet. No, well, no, it's potassium loaded needle, and they don't give. And there was a the Aston the Doyle that they'd be given painkillers, and that was vetoed out. You know, I mean, that's appalling the killing that's going on, and it, it, it's like, I mean, six thousand six hundred and sixty-six with three hundred and seventy-eight more going abroad, over seven thousand. I mean, oh, hang on a second. Okay, that's okay. an awful lot of killing. Ju- that's an awful lot of killing. The article, the article in the examiner says these are not faceless women. They are our friends and neighbours, sisters, cousins, mothers, aunts and wives. I think that might have been a quote from during the, the campaign, actually. I think it would be a Simon Harris quote, I think, at the time, if I remember correctly. Not faceless women, neighbours, friends, faceless, sisters, exactly. mothers, aunts and wives. Women. Yeah, but they could have had, they had the choice of keeping the baby or giving the baby for adoption. There's loads of people. I mean, in this country, you have the lunacy situation. You have thousands upon thousands of pounds going into fertility clinics to try for people who want babies. And across the road, then you have people murdering babies, killing them. Why don't you, they give the babies to the people who want but babies? Maybe those that are going who, for maybe those for the girl going for IVF want to have their own babies. Yes, but if they can't have them, a lot of them would love to adopt a baby. There's tons, tons of people out there would love to adopt babies okay. who can't have them. Oh, look, okay, hold on, hold on, there. hold on, Let, hold on, life. hold on, Morgan. Sorry, go ahead, Morgan. Good morning. Good, good morning. Um, yeah, I just feel like why is there not more prevention? Why did it have to go to this level where it's acceptable that oh, sure, I can just go off and have one because it's so easy to get rid of it afterwards. 
why are we not making contraceptive free? Like, why do you have to go out and sleep with people that they're not planning on having babies with as well? Like, sex is there to reproduce to keep the human species going. It's not there for pleasure. That's just a bonus. Okay, I think, you vo- I think from what you're saying, you voted no at the time, did you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so my take on it is more... Like, if someone really, really doesn't want to have a baby and they're of an age where you think, say, about 30 or something, why can't you get their tubes tied? If they know themselves they don't want to have kids, that should have been an option. But, like, you hear the doctors, they won't do that for them, but yet they'll let them have pregnancies and then abort the baby. That is murder. That is a baby. And if you ask any child who grew up and you hear, like, all oh, the people didn't want the kids and they mistreated them. If you ask that child, would you rather so that your mother aborted you and you never lived? How many of them are actually going to say, yeah? Well, it's careless, careless promiscuity is happening. We are, we are talking about the vast majority of terminations. In fact, again, Alison O'Connor's article this morning, 98% of these terminations took place in the early pregnancy stage at less than no. 12 weeks. I just, I don't we care that, if there's we, a heartbeat or we not. We were all that age. Wrong. That's wrong. Exactly. Wrong. We were all that age. Right. That is we were a human that in the making. Yeah. That's exactly. so wrong. You, you're, you're absolutely right. We were all that age at one stage. And every if it's, one of us. And, and if it's if less it's than... nine weeks, it's just as bad. If it's, it's, le- if it's less than nine weeks, you can take the abortion pill, which involves two consultations, a three-day waiting period in between, and then the tablet. No, no. I think... The no. contraception, use a condom, don't have sex with people if you really, really don't want to have a baby because it's always going to be a chance it's going to happen no matter what you take or what you're on. Or so is it, 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 yeah, is it is absolutely right. She's absolutely right. Because what's happening out there now is just absolutely careless promiscuity. And uh, well, you see, there you go, there you go with the broad stroke again. You can't say no, that. Six thousand six hundred and sixty-six. That's a huge number. There's a lot of people took. I think a lot of them were regretted would, would, as well. well some of the, do you know? Do you know that promiscuity? You know that promiscuity you go on with for every single one of those? Not at all. Some of those were rape cases. A small minority. That's a, that's a devious deception that gives the impression that they're virtually all rape cases. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. It's very, no, but there'll be very few rape cases. Most yeah. of them are one night stands or going out with different fellas, sleeping around, not using any contraception, just pure yeah. careless promiscuity in a lot of cases. They, I mean, the, the country is awash with contraception. Okay, hold on there, if you will. Hold on, if you will. Yeah. Natalie, good morning. Hi Neil, how are you? Okay, do you pull over there? Um, yeah, I've just been two seconds there. I'm just going to pull that and turn off. Okay, so when I you pull over... I just want to say really quick, Neil, because I have to go, but yeah. obviously if the mother's life is in danger, yes, she should be able to abort the child and pick her life and have more kids or she has kids at home. Or if it was a rape case, yeah, of course you should be able to. But other than that, no, there should be prevention and you shouldn't be taking a life so easily. But do you not as a That's woman nice. think that, do you not as a woman think that all women should have a right to choose? You have a right not to, to choose not to get pregnant in the first place. Okay, I'll let you, you get know? on, Morgan. Yeah. Okay, all right. Okay, thank you. Cheers Bye. Take care. Right, one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Hold on there while Natalie's uh, pulling in. Uh, Jerry, hang in. There, we'll come back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. Eighteen fifty one zero four one zero six. Red FM. Yes, indeed. And you can text always six eight one zero four one zero six. There's other stuff happening. Actually, I came across the story there recently of a farmer down West Cork who's been running a bar out of his shed for the past eight weeks. He has taps in there and he has kegs in there and he has beer by the bottle. The lot apparently, and he's been. 
charging a five or a drink and collecting and dropping punters in his own car and stuff like that. Apparently, it's alleged that last week there were about 90 in the pub attending a 21st birthday, the, the home. It's like a shebeen, I suppose. Uh, in fact, uh, one punter who got in touch with me, Daniel, says, in fact, I believe there were two 21sts in that pub last weekend alone. On Sunday, after a road bowling match, a number of cars went back to the shed and partied on. Guards were called to the farm last weekend to keep the noise down. It appears there's nothing been done about it. It's just like being at the pub for the past few months down there, running a bar out of his shed, charging a five or a drink. Well, you, you kind of stop halfway through it there. The guards were called to keep the noise down, but did they do any more than just tell them keep the noise down, I wonder? Anyway, all that and, and lots more besides. And then people who compare Black Lives Matters with All Lives Matters, or again this morning, Jerry comparing Black Lives Matters with All Lives Matters, as in... Abortion is murder. Um, there was somebody else recently comparing Black Lives Matters to the house parties. I can't recall who did that, but the texter believes that it did happen. And she found it disgusting. Uh, claiming reverse oppression is racism. Uh, and the comment was rude and shouldn't have been even aired on your radio station. Well, I can't control what comes out of people's mouth. Uh, comparing a bunch of bored students and their silly parties to oppressed people who face heavy, crit- heavy racism that impacts their life is basically like when I, as a woman, call out sexual assault and rape, and then you hear men saying, men get raped too, which they do, but nowhere to the extent that women face. Those kind of comments uh, bringing up another issue that isn't even on the same scale as racism are so annoying. There's so much data out there that shows the 95% of Africans living in Ireland have been victims of assault. 89% were charged with discrimination cases. Or indeed, they brought discrimination cases, I suppose. The fear of virus amongst asylum seekers is real, and yet they're still hoarded in shared spaces. Also, the virus has not just brought centuries of institutionalized issues that racism has. You can't use it as a counter-oppression proxy. Anyway, to be black in the UK, Ireland, Italy is basically a similar experience. Um, there, This is finally their one chance to speak out against their experience, which I think we should all support. Hopefully, I hope you can understand that the virus narrative versus systematic oppression isn't comparable. Uh, so thank you for that contribution. Back to the phone lines we go. Phil, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Did you hear Jerry? Oh, I did. Yeah. Very loud and clear. Okay. Now, well, I'm an old person, okay? That's, that's grand. There's nothing wrong with having a few years on the clock, girl. Yes, I had many years. And personally... Abortion wouldn't have been for me. But those girls, some of them very young girls, that ended up in laundries and Bedsborough, and the horrendous torture they went through, where were the men? Did you ever hear of any of those girls having a man to support her? Some dads, some dads did, and some girls didn't go to Besbra or the laundries. Some, some parents were brave enough not to care what society thought and kept their daughter. Well, okay, they'd be very much in the minority. Uh, They were in the minority, I know, I know. But I happen to have spoken to uh, some young girls in the past. Uh, One actually lived; her their family had a bar, and uh, the parents kept the daughter at home. She had the baby upstairs, and uh, you know, downstairs there was all of the. That's right, I heard. Coming and going in and out of the pub, yeah. 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 Uh, Secondly, I don't think men should ever vote on this issue at all. When a man can have a baby, then I rethink. Because men don't know 
what a woman goes through. The pregnancy is bad enough. The labour is a hundred times worse. And they're on their own. They're only young girls. Their families don't want them. And the men aren't there to support them. But that's them. gone now. Like, families now wouldn't reject anybody who was pregnant. No, no, no. Not, not no. No. But the way that man was talking there now... And you've already, you've just ruled out all men who are in a relationship or married to a woman who are, who are you, you said that they shouldn't have had a vote even if their partner got pregnant and the husband wanted to keep the child and the wife didn't, they, they didn't have a word on the matter, no? Oh, yes. No, if there was a strong relationship there. But you wouldn't have given them a vote, you but, see. Well, yes, well, probably I'm not uh, saying that properly then, Neil. Okay. Uh, but generally speaking... I don't think men should ever vote. Man has no right to choose what a woman should do. No. Um, He's never going to go through the horrendous nine months, the horrendous labour, and then those poor girls, that their babies were taken away from them and given up for adoption, mostly to American people. I know, but you see, that doesn't happen anymore. It was awful. It was was horrific, unforgivable, but it doesn't happen anymore. Yes, but I didn't hear that gentleman then talking about the men that deserted the girls. It's all about the women. They should not kill the baby. But should the man is after doing the very same thing. That girl didn't get pregnant on her own. Okay. There was was a man involved. Okay. And the suffering and everything they went through. And Go on, Millie, I'm on the radio. Okay, let Karen jump in there, actually, because she's been on hold. Karen... Go ahead. Hi, good morning. How are you? Good, thank you. I just wanted to say that, you know, it's great to give all these statistics until you do become a... No, the only statistic that I was honing in on was when women had to travel to the UK, 2,879 did in the last year. Um, And then in 2019, that figure went up to 6,666 in Ireland. I was wondering why. That's all. I think because it's becoming more apparent now and, and people can talk about it more. I, I had an abortion in 1999 and it was it was like a dirty secret and I never told anybody about it. And it was an awful situation that I've lived with every year. Every year I remember it. And it's something I didn't ever want my own children to have to make that decision. My and God, my Almighty, own daughter, you, found, you found yourself really down on your luck, didn't you? I, it was an awful situation. I was living in England. I was in a great relationship. I had a son and the relationship broke down. I became homeless with my son and I started to pick myself back up and I fell pregnant. I was on the pill and um, it, it, I went to my local doctor. And at that time you could have the, the doctors could give two abortions a week if there was a very good reason. And um, I went to a clinic. I was there for a day and a night having counselling before I actually had the abortion. And I was on my own after that. And I I had to make that decision because if I had carried on with the pregnancy, there was no way I would have been able to look after my son. There was no way of a system of, even if I wanted to, to go on the dole or anything like that. I had to work. I had to bring up my son on my own. And when my own daughter became 16, she went into a relationship. And the first thing I did was took her to my local doctor here and I fought and I I got a rod put in her arm because I didn't want her to have that responsibility. I couldn't stop her from having a sexual relationship. What's a rod? Forgive me, what is that? It's the implant. 
which is a rod that is put into your arm, which lasts for three three years, I think it is. It could be five, I may be wrong, but definitely for three years. Is it years. contraception, it is? It's a contraception, yeah. For a yeah. three-year three dose? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. So she wouldn't have the responsibility of taking a pill or... Um, something going wrong with but, uh, but at what age can you, can you at what age is it no longer a criminal offence to have sex with a with a somebody of what 15 16 17 17 isn't it I think the, the age of consent is 17 so why are you um, giving contraception if both people are under if both people are under the age of 17 then it's a different story and I knew that their relationship was getting sexual and there's nothing I can do about that other than to help protect her and okay. talk to her and that was the decision I made then. She's now 19. Subsequently, the relationship broke down. And subsequently, he got another girl pregnant. And she was only 16. Okay. So, so you, you, you were in your mid-20s at the, when you became homeless, living in the UK. You, you had a, a child at the time, or was it two? I had one child at the time. He was two years old. He was two, yeah. 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 And, yeah. You, and you you say that you 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 still to this day remember every single thing of the day of the termination. Absolutely. And I felt at the time that it would have been a girl and I remember when she would have been born every year and she would have been 21 this year. It, it's something that I've had to live with and not only that when I went on to get married and I um we decided to have a child together and I went to the local hospital and the the I'll never forget it. I was having my scan and the nurse said, this is your third pregnancy. And I hadn't even told my husband at the time that I had had an abortion. And was he there when she said that? Absolutely. Oh my God. How did you feel about that? It was just, it, it was just open the ground and swallow me up. And then having to sit down and have that conversation and. God almighty. She, she really put her foot here. in it, didn't she? I mean, maybe Absolutely. she didn't, maybe she didn't know. I suppose she didn't know what possibly, she was doing. Possibly. They say yeah. never open your mouth until you know the answer, you know. So true. Yeah. But I just feel that, you know, it, it, people can talk about their feelings about abortion, and, but until you're actually in that position and until you have circumstances put in front of you, it, it's very difficult. Uh, and it was the hardest decision I've ever made, ever in my whole life. And I, I regret it, but... I regret every every moment, every year I regret it. But I also know that my life would be very different had I had not done it. Yeah, it's 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 a strange sensation, isn't it? Uh, regretting something but knowing that it was the right thing to do for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just think, you know, this, this, this conversation should be had at school level. And this conversation should be had as part of sex education. And... Now that we are talking about it more, hopefully it it will help people more to make the right decision. Okay, thank you for taking the call. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Phil. Back after 11. 104 to 106. Red FM. This is the Neil Frienderville Show. Ah, yes, indeed. With three course meals for four of you to give away every single day. And again, we have some more next week for you. For a couple of days, we're giving away three course meals for four with bottles of Moet champagne and a round of cocktails. And it's a great way 
to get out and celebrate your your newfound freedom. You get a private booth as well if you wish at Clancy's in the city. You know what? Clancy's have been there since 1824. There's some fabulous old photographs going way back of the drays and the horse and carts and some of the early trucks dropping off paddy whiskey. If you go into Clancy's, and I don't know whether you're allowed to have, probably can't walk around now, I know that, but when you can again, the photography on the walls is superb. But anyway, you can book directly yourself at clancyscork.ie. And the three-course meal for today with the champagne and uh, the cocktails for you and whomever you choose to take with you is all based on um, a little bit of a montage that Mark put together for the Friday that's in it. A bit of fun. Don't call just yet. These are three gold classics, if you like. Have a listen. about togetherness and coming back and getting out and sharing and things like that. So those three songs, artists and titles between now and mid, around about a quarter to twelve. Here they are again. Caller nine and every caller thereafter until artist and title of songs identified all three of them. Okay. Meanwhile, uh, yes, indeed, I was out and about in the city centre on Wednesday. I was masked up while on a city centre bus. I was masked up. The driver was masked up. Eight passengers didn't bother with masks at all. Even two off-duty bus drivers got on separately to get a lift to Capwell. They didn't have masks on either. I just don't get it. Well, very soon, no mask on a bus will result in a fine. I'm so mad. I just heard people talking about the warning to hairdressers not to overcharge customers. They know how desperate people are to get their hair done, and they're taking advantage. A salon in Bantry is putting additional charges on hairstyling. It's a disgrace to see a window of opportunity to charge extra for hairdressing. I went to a dentist yesterday for Botox. I got free sanitizing, a temperature check, masks and shoe covers. What a service it was. All the shops in Bantry have free sanitation. I'll be finding a new salon that respects my loyalty after so many years. Please read out my email as the salons have to be held accountable for overcharging. Love the show and I love Mr. King Prendival. <laughs> Mr. or King. Do you, know, do you know what I am actually? I'm a lord. I'm actually a lord. I'm lord of Glencoe. Uh, this is just kind of a by the way, but it's true. My son, for Father's Day, bought me a square inch of land in an estate in Scotland. Mark Willington's laughing at me there. This put on your headphones. This is this is true. If you don't believe me, he bought me he bought me a square foot, a square. Did I say a square inch? A square foot of land in the Glencoe estate in the Highlands in Scotland. Does that mean you have to wear a kilt now whenever you go over there? Or? If, if I so choose, I can wear a kilt. But I could, I, I, you now have to address me as either Lord or Laird of Glencoe. I have a certification and everything. If you don't believe me, I'll bring it in Monday. So can anyone purchase these? Can, can anyone do this? Ah, damn if I become yeah. Lord Wellington? Of- you could, yeah, but don't, like, because I, I don't want there to be too many Lords <laughs> knocking around. So I'm the Laird of Glencoe. I've, I own a square foot of land in a, in a Scottish Highland estate. <laughs> I love it. So, will we right. get people to ring in? We should give a prize for the first person who rings. Go, morning, Laird. Said a morning, Nile. Morning, morning, Langer. <laughs> it's a good, pre- it's a good gift, though, isn't it? It's a great Very gift. Very good. Oh, fair but play to differently. Luke. So, fair play to him. And if anybody else has come up with a different kind of a wacky uh, gift for somebody for a birthday or a Father's Day or whatever, buy him a square foot of land in an estate in the Highlands of Scotland, and then he can apparently. 
have to dress me as Lord now. Um, <laughs> as for hairdressers charging extra for masks, it's just ripping people off. It's like hotels and restaurants telling you they're charging extra for staff wearing gloves or for a knife and fork. It's all about extra money. Listen, listen, it's not just about the mask and a sanitizer. It's also about the extra product to fix the botch jobs that you guys have been doing at home. Our fair ladies of Cork have spent the last three months moaning about the closure of the salons. Now right on cue. They're moaning about the cost of it. The mind boggles when it comes to women, says Sean in Mallow. Another text then from this morning's program, more serious note. Uh, the, the woman gave one of her reasons for abortion as not being able to afford a child. But what about a man who cannot afford to be a father? Tough on him, I suppose. Uh, well said, Natalie, on the air this morning. Jerry needs to think long and hard about his attitude. It isn't murder, matey. It's legal for a start, and as a woman, it's my body, my choice, says Jacinta. Isn't it lovely, Fiona says, isn't it lovely for Jerry to be complaining when this is never going to be something he'll have to make a decision on himself? Neil, this issue has been put to bed by a democratic referendum. Uh, bigots will have huge upset. Well, bigots will have upset huge numbers of women if they were listening today. Well... I think that's probably uh, an unfair word to use about somebody who has an opinion or, uh, you know, wants to give their point of view on something. I think the, I think the discussion was, was interesting, if nothing else, to look at the number before legislation and after, you know, 2,800 going to 6,666. And I'm always very curious as to the reasons behind increases in numbers like that. The numbers of children killed by abortion has over doubled. We should rerun the referendum now. We were deceived into thinking it would improve the situation. It has not, says Garod. And then, did all those fallen women get pregnant by immaculate conception? No, but they get crucified for whatever decision they make when they find themselves pregnant. And one final one, tell Jerry to go away and mind his own business. How dare he try and force any woman to do something against her will? It's the typical attitude of some, from someone who will never have to go through anything like it. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Uh, we'll pick up the phone and get back to calls. Now, Sharon, good morning. Good morning. I'll tell you something. You went shopping um, and it came to 186, €186.19. When was it last Friday? Friday night, yeah, about 5.30, something like that. Okay, so you did a big shop then. Yep. Went home. What happened next? Well, it didn't get charged to my bank account till Monday because I paid my debit card, but they took the amount out twice, 186 euros without my knowledge. Twice? And I think that's disgusting. And how did you find out? Did you try and withdraw money or something? No, I was just checking my bank account with my online banking and I noticed there wasn't as much in there as there should have been. I thought, crikey, what's going on here? And I had a look and there, there it was, two transactions for the exact same amount. Oh my and, God! Um, what would they? Did they alert you to it themselves? No, no. Oh I my. went down to the store to speak to the manager and ask if I could get a refund, and they weren't even interested. They just said it was the bank's fault and sent me to the bank. And was it the bank's fault? Hardly. No, no, it wasn't at all. It was two individual transactions, two separate authorization codes, two separate timestamps, and you know the bank said I should get a point of sale refund from the retailer. I would have thought straight away they would have done something to either give you the cash equivalent or to do some way of reversing one of the transactions. So did did your bank sort it immediately? Well, after a couple of days going here, there and everywhere looking for advice, I eventually went to the bank yesterday and 
I asked them to put through a claim for charging back because by the time I got to the retailer again and they in- investigated something, apparently their card merchant services provider identified a second transaction and said they'd refund it, but it can take up to 10 days. And I wasn't happy enough with that. So the bank's put through a claim and I'll probably get that in about five days. Oh, for God's sake. So, you, so last Friday to yep. maybe next Wednesday or Thursday. I know. Isn't it disgusting? That's and about 10 days. That's right. And it's just not right. It, what if I had a large family to feed or something like that? I mean, or what if I was an elderly lady with heart problems and had a heart attack and died from the shock of it all? It's just not fair for them to treat their customers like this, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, not everybody would have 186 euro knocking around if you did have a family to feed. Well, that's right. Some people will just have to live week to week through no fault of their own. And this is a lot of money, 186 euros. I was shocked that they didn't even want to give it straight back to me. Um, How many people miss things like that happening? People that don't study their bank accounts or go through their statements? How many times does this happen when people don't even realise because it's a smaller amount? That there's no system in place to say an alarm bell would go off if the same amount was entered twice off the same card. I mean... Exactly. And I was horrified that this actually can't even be investigated. The bank... um, I spoke to the guardie and they said I needed to speak to a lawyer. So I spoke to a lawyer yesterday who advised me to get the bank to put in a fraud investigation. And the bank couldn't even do that because I have a history of purchases with that retailer. So that's why they couldn't put in a fraud. Ah, yeah, but there's no fraud there. I, you know, this is just some, well, some like, like how somehow, good. somewhere that a transaction occurred that shouldn't have occurred. So I think something needs to be investigated to find out how and why that well, happened. Well, I think if it happened to you, you should certainly get your money back fast. And I think that a couple of vouchers wouldn't go amiss either into the bargain, well, to be quite honest with you. As, Definitely, you think so. As a gesture of goodwill, you know? Oh, gosh, yeah. But this particular retailer isn't well known for their good customer service. I can tell you that much. Okay, um, so somebody says yeah. here it's called a shadow transaction. It's the bank's fault. The retailer doesn't fix it. And that's from Kathy, who works in retail. She says it's. Well, the... no, this one actually isn't a tra- shadow transaction. That's what the bank first told me on Monday, actually. But then on Tuesday, I rang the bank back. And they investigate a little further, and it's not actually a shadow transaction. This one is two separate, posted, fully posted transactions withdrawn from my bank account. Do you think it's? Do you think it may not be a shadow transaction, but do you think it's a shady transaction? (laughs) Definitely, most definitely, I think. I used to be a software engineer, and I worked in point of sale card systems for years. I know how extensively tested they are. This kind of thing doesn't happen by mistake. So what could happen that you get charged twice, then when Mm -hmm. you're gone, the second transaction gets cancelled and somebody pockets 186 euros? Is that what you're suggesting? Well, I think that the world, um, whatever, I shouldn't say the name, the card merchant service provider, they could even be hacked without their knowledge because, um, yeah, somewhere, somewhere the system may be hacked. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, I, I've never heard of this before. And somebody says, I work in retail. Usually if the cards get card gets charged twice, the money will bounce back after a few days. Sometimes it could take a week and it's nothing to do with the retailer. It's the bank. So basically the money is in limbo, but it will eventually get back to her. They're even suggesting That's that it not, would come back to you if you'd done nothing even. Yeah, the bank said that wasn't the case in this case on Tuesday. They looked into the transaction 
and it wasn't a shadow transaction. There's some way they can tell because apparently has a different whatever it has on it. Mm. Mm. But okay. this one is all fully posted, fully transacted, fully withdrawn from my bank account, 186 euros. And I've got an email from the retailer, which is from the card merchant services, to state, acknowledge that the transaction happened. Yes, there's two transactions. We'll refund one of them and it couldn't take up to 10 days. And oh. That's a That's bummer for somebody ridiculous. who doesn't have that kind of money hanging around. Yeah, yeah. €186, Euros. that's a lot of money to be hanging on to somebody's money that's not even yours. Okay, let me see if anybody else has similar stories to tell like that. Appreciate the call. Much obliged to you. Thanks, Sharon. Uh, text 0868104106 on that. Meanwhile, Michael, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I could do, I tell you how, I could do five or six hours on people on holidays and airlines and refunds and should we go or shouldn't we go. So jump in on that. Right. Okay. So last September, we were traveling to Shannon Airport to go to Ventura. Eh, sorry, to go to Fort Ventura. Uh, on the way up, maybe the car broke down, and by the time the mechanic came out to fix it and all that, we ended up missing the flight. So we never went on holidays. So we came home, and a couple of days later, I rang the insurance company, and they said that we were on the way on the holidays. A car broke down, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you must have been so heartbreaking. Incidentally, was it a family holiday? Yeah, myself and my wife. So we went up, we went up uh, as a happy family and we came down, uh, our pitch and our sound. Just, when, that, when, that, <laughs> when that happened recently or some years back to a politician, they called the guard a squad car and the, the guard squad car drove them the rest of the way. But you didn't. That's t- correct. You couldn't no, do I that. Didn't. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I couldn't anyway. So anyway, we came back anyway and a couple of days later I got into the insurance company and told them what happened. So they told me they got on to Ryanair and ask for a note. It's called no sh- no show. In other words, that we never turned up for the flight. Um, got the letter from Ryanair. There was no there was no problem getting it from Ryanair at all at all. Um, Did you actually get to talk to someone at Ryanair? No, no. It was all through the um, you know just through the website. Okay. Again, there was there was no big deal with it. I just gave them the reference number for the flight. And they've seen that we never travelled, so they give you no thing called the no show. Yeah, what you do with that? Right, I got on to the insurance company, told them I had a letter. They sent out the form, I filled it in, and about two weeks later I got my money back. From the insurance company? From the insurance, not from Ryanair, no, from the insurance company. You have So you have a travel insurance policy then? Yeah, just a normal one. There was nothing spectacular about it. It was just a normal I'm just delighted policy. to hear that somebody has travel insurance that paid out for a change. Yeah, yeah I did. And I think they took in excess of 50 euros or something. But the most important thing is that it's called a no-show. And Ryanair are well aware of it, aware of it as well. It don't cost Ryanair nothing. So for somebody who has even a box, this is very interesting now for everybody that's worried about not being able to get a refund because they don't want to fly on a plane that will be leaving the airport. They could get a no, if they have travel insurance, they could get a no-show statement from Ryanair. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, in our instance, the car car broke down, but we we never even got to the airport. So... You can take all that, what you want. Um, it's good advice for someone who's in a predicament and has travel insurance. It's one way of getting your money back. Might be, yeah. might be and the thing s- is slightly that dishonest. I don't know. Well, it's something says. Well, this was a week later now, so you don't have to pay them on the day that it happened. All you right. understand what I mean? I do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, no, yeah, no show. That's the important part. 
Okay, people be warned and be aware of that availability. Thanks, Michael. Have a good weekend. Catherine says we have to move forward with caution. This virus is here to stay. Otherwise, we'll have thousands of people out of jobs. If everyone would do their best, sanitize their hands, cover their nose and mouth in public, keep your distance, look after yourselves. People coming and going are supposed to be doing all of the protocols, whether you come into the country, go out of the country or live here. Why are we bothering with all of these regulations? It's a waste of time. I feel sorry for all the businesses that have spent a fortune following regulations and I feel sorry for all the frontline workers. Florence says quarantine is not being enforced anyway. Look at the way Americans are behaving in their own country with their Muppet leader telling them to get back to normal. Liam says a flight came in from Dubai to Dublin on Saturday. There was no physical distancing on the plane. It was full to the brim. The people coming off the plane didn't get their temperature checked or tested. And when giving their addresses, the people in charge even said to the passengers, they don't know if anyone will call to see if you're staying at the address given. They don't know themselves what's going on. They clearly don't give a hoot once the economy is up and running again. What about all the quarantine rules? How can people come in here? I can't travel back to France to see my family and friends and they can't come to Ireland. But Americans were allowed to travel to the country. That's unacceptable. The UK are the worst affected in Europe and our borders are freely open with them, says Caroline. If I was British, I would certainly be heading over to Ireland for holidays rather than risking holidaying in the United Kingdom. Uh, And I told you about West Cork being full of, um, was it like spot the local down there at the moment, they're saying. Heard from someone who met Americans in Killarney. They got chatting to them. Uh, They came in by ferry. Others came in by flights from Belfast, hired a car and came on down here. And there's many more like that. It's a joke. All the borders should be closed and only open for those in essential travel. Holidays should only be allowed in Ireland this year. Uh, and then there's more on Killarney. I just heard from a friend that has, uh, and her, I just heard from a friend that her cousin, this is a fellow who met a fellow, met a fellow, um, met two American tourists in Killarney. They asked her for directions and she asked how they even got into Ireland. And they replied that their president, Trump, said that they can travel anywhere they like. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. It's an example of how that no-show letter from Ryanair might help. My parents and kids are due to fly. This was They were supposed to fly yesterday, July 2nd, to Alicante. Uh, and because the flight is still going, Ryanair refused to change flights free of charge or even to give us a voucher. Um, my dad has COPD and I sent in a letter from his doctor to them saying that he can't travel. They came back saying, sorry, you booked these flights. Um, bear in mind, they were booked back in January pre-COVID. You booked the flights and the booking says no change. They will fly again, but when it's safe to do so, all I wanted was a voucher from Ryanair. Unless our government say no international travel, we won't get any comeback and many more like us. And then there's reams of these. We're awaiting a refund from top flight. The holiday was in May. They cancelled due to COVID. Um, we had loads of other flights with their lingus booked and we took vouchers from them. No problem. Um, has anyone else had the same issue, say, for instance, with top flights still waiting? Well, the big problem there is, of course, the delay in getting refunds. And you will get a refund because the flight was cancelled. The holiday was cancelled, not by you, but by the airline. And indeed, I suppose the hotels were closed. But it's the length of time that it's taking for the money to come back to, to customers. We're all in the same boat, me included, lads, or uh, not boat, but yeah, boats as well as planes, I suppose. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. As we round off the week... Of course, Monday was the day when restaurants, uh, pubs that serve food had an opportunity to open for the first time in a long time. And Clancy's have been very good to us with lunch vouchers, which I gave away all this week. And I gave away a sprinkling of them last week as well. And then midweek, we changed to uh, the three course meals with bottles of champagne and rounds of cocktails from from Clancy's. But I was keen to check in again to see what the week was like. Uh, And uh, by phone, I'm joined by Monty, Paul Montgomery from Clancy's. Morning, Paul. Good morning, Neil. How was the week? 
the week was just terrific. That's all I can say. I, I, I'd say for just for going back into business after months out, it was um, a real fill-up and it was good for the hearts and good for the mind to be back trading and uh, to see people coming back in their droves. It has just been terrific. I mean, the photographs of Princess Street looked superb with the outdoor seating. How did that work out? I'll tell you now, we were hopeful, I suppose, and we had planned for it with maybe three months with Cork City Council and with the various agencies um, emergency services in Cork and our hope was that it would work out and I would say within an hour of the seats being out and one day we had people sitting on them just drifting coming along looking kind of amazed maybe of what was happening and um, people waiting for tables inside um, people just not knowing really what was going on and it was something I'd have to say that happened just so organic all week that you couldn't have scripted it you absolutely couldn't have scripted it and I suppose the biggest um Donovan from the Imperial had 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 come had um had come along one day and he was he was looking for a table inside and we couldn't accommodate him and Rossini's accommodated him and we were able to share drinks and food and it's something that's been happening all week. Oh, so you can cross order if that works out. Yeah, that's a good I, idea. I, I, Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I've had people, I've had Mrs. Toscano next door and Tori and Kate and coming in with various different people and, you know, like we're accommodating one another, same with Taylor next door, Claire Nash will leave her tables out maybe later on if we have customers that want to eat late and she's not serving late and vice versa and then everyone is cooperating in the street. This is a great example of businesses pulling together, isn't it, Paul? It, it is 100%. Everyone is feeding off each other, literally. So the ease on the street is working in, in, in every which way. And I, I just think that over the years, we've been blessed, maybe in the city that we've had since, I think, 25 years I've been in the city working with local authorities in, in various levels. But I'd have to say here that, you know, working with Cork City Council, the Gardaí, the fire services, um, all the people here, you know, and the different businesses, like nobody put any obstacles in our way to make this happen. Will they and put I, obstacles I, I, to prevent it happening on, on other streets? Because clearly it's worked. You've been the test case for it. Yeah, well, I, I, I think it's working. You know, we, we had a visit from um, from Colm O'Sullivan and Brian McSween yesterday from, from the guards and a very helpful visit to help us, you know, to improve on the walking system, the one-way system, the footpaths and stuff. So we're, we're, we're getting there. Like, we're not, we're not fully there and we, we have to do better. But um, I think that people are very cooperative. Like, you know, what I found interesting is that, you know, both inside and outside, people are turning up, people have bookings. That everyone is arriving in time. There's an order to business now that maybe wasn't there before. But it's certainly a way forward. And I have to say, you know, like, this COVID has been horrible, but it has also brought us opportunities and maybe as business people and people in the trade I'm in can do things better, you know, as a result because we've had the time and we've had the opportunity to reorganise ourselves, you know, and, and the streets, to, to answer your question, on the streets and other places, there is, like, I suppose that we've had three and a half months work in working with, you know, the, the authorities to make this happen. I don't see any reason why it can't happen in other venues, but a lot of things have to come together to make that happen, you know, yeah, and if yeah, traders, yeah. and that's the key, if traders come together and work together, we, we had 12 businesses here working together, um, some more active than others in, in, in getting it done, but, you know, from the day I sent a letter into Fergal Reed and Cork City Council and Paul McGock, and, you know, um, like everyone has come on board and, you know, it, 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 it's been a good experience. And have you, had any, have you had any issues with 105 minutes or people looking for a drink and not none, food or any that kind of none, stuff? No. 
yes, we've had loads of people coming and asking for drinks, and unfortunately, we've had to refuse people. But, you know, people, again, have been understanding. And just to give an example, Neil, we haven't had a security member on the door any night this week yeah. on, on our door, you yeah. know. Like, that has given an idea of, of the, the, the level of cooperation and the level of goodwill that's out there. And, you know, obviously, we're, we're all around together here, you know, as operators and owners and, and doors. And it's nice you can wave to people and cross over. And, if, you know, if somebody somebody wants something next door, we're helping out each other. We're running out of stuff where everyone is we run out of I understand but on, like, but yeah. would it be I think the, I, I'm, I don't know what the direct quote is but earlier in the week in, it might have been the echo you were saying that, that many businesses and you may have been talking about yourself you're only kind of at break even paying the bills yeah. mode you still yeah. this is not yeah. profitable like we see well, we 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 don't we don't we don't know yet. I mean, we are obviously staff heavy, you know, and we have support in in that regard. So, I, I mean, it's it's a, it's a it's a different model to having six seven hundred people in your in your in your place at peak hours at night time, and you know, you have a complete different model of a ratio. So, we probably won't know for a while. And to be honest, Neil, I'm not even concentrating on it at the moment. I think like we've had goodwill and support from the banks, with for suppliers from everybody. So. We'll be able to pay our bills this week. You know, will we have much left over at the end of it? Time, time will tell, you know. Well, the time I the mean, time aspect of it brings you up to July 20th when you then can welcome sure. people for a drink, right? Yes, and, 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 and again, that's going to be a different challenge again because the social distancing will remain. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see a scenario, yes, and I'm not, I'm not crying about it, but I can see a scenario, yes, the week and less people willy-nilly into a venue like we're asking everybody to send it even if they're coming from outside to use the bathroom inside people have to sanitize and use a temperature check gotcha. these are people that have a temperature check we're asking they haven't been below the, 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 the level of acceptable level and we've asked them to go away and come back because like we, we have to make sure well, so you oh, have the line's making up a little bit you've had people yeah. come up have their temperature taken and it's not within the limitations yeah. of being yeah, very, very, very few, and they've come back and it's been successful a second time. All right, you know? okay, okay. People are finished with that. It's not a great phone line. Let me just finish on the point yeah. of the, the, the super, okay. the, the, you've got a roof garden. That's fantastic. Yes. Yeah, that, that, that's, that, that, that's great. And, and again, it's another addition. It's a bit like the street on the roof. Or, or with a roof. When the rain comes down, it's great. There's a great buzz up here. And people are loving the experience. So, right. the, the experience has been good for customers. And we want that to continue. So, um, to proud we have a good summer and a good year. And good bookings for the weekend? Well, everything is full. Full. Okay. Well, all was wrong. You're all right, my friend. I won't be. I won't be snaffling any tables anytime soon. But I get to see you soon enough. Thanks, Paul. Cheers for now. As always, sorry about the phone line at the end there, Paul Montgomery at Clancy's, and of course they have given us some great gifts and fairness to them. They gave me lovely lunch vouchers, which we ploughed through with shout outs and giveaways. And at the moment, we're doing the three course meal for four with bottles of moy and rounds of cocktails worth. Uh, it's worth over 300 euro each of these prizes for four of you. You get your own private booth and you have an idea now about the sanitation and temperature checks and, you know, how safe you'll be indoors and out. I think it's a great, he said nine different businesses on Princess Street are all pulling together with food options for on the street dining. We get an old bit of weather over the weekend. Perhaps you might roll by the likes of Nash 19 and Burnt Pizza and Rossini and Oak Fire Pizza. 
and others like that. Lines open, one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text 0868-104-106. Back after the break. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. Okay, just wondering if you give a big shout out to my wife, Anne Reddy. On the 3rd of July, it will be our 10th wedding anniversary. We were due to be celebrating on a beach in Lanzarote, but you know the reasons why. We'll be celebrating at home. This date is also very important to us as we announced to all our party guests to the wedding that we were due to be parents in December and how Anne had barely fitted into our wedding dress. Of course, this news, uh, with this news, we altered our honeymoon to suit as Anne would need to rest and not some hectic wild party. We celebrated our honeymoon in Cyprus for three weeks and Anne, who was beaming with joy, could only muster the very odd wine spritzer <laughs> due to being pregnant. If there's anything that you could help us to make the occasion more special, with a night away or a voucher for somewhere, it would be gratefully appreciated. Even just a shout-out will make it very special for us. As with everyone else, we're finding the old shillings are tight at the moment. P.S. Anne gave birth to a healthy baby boy named Josh on the 21st of the 12th, 2010. But the 3rd of July, 2010, is the day we got married and told the world we were going to be parents. So that's our very special date. So happy um, anniversary. 10th wedding anniversary to Anne and Niall Reddy. With regards to gifts and stuff like that, that's going to be up to Mark because um, I, I will be returning to shout-outs and gifts and vouchers next week, all right? So uh, we'll get back to it at that stage. But for now, we're counting down the clock to our uh, Clancy's giveaway, which is the three-course for four people with champagne and cocktails. But I have lots of shout-outs, and I'm happy to come back to them and shout them out. And then next week, we'll re-kick, we'll start off again with vouchers and, and things like that. Um, and I could keep on reading uh, the text with regards to the announcement that Tony Houlihan made last night regarding his wife uh, having uh, cancer and going into palliative care. And the vast majority of them, I have to say, um, are uh, very much in praise and sympathetic with the plight that he finds himself in. I wonder if Carol is. Carol, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Okay. Um, so I could read out reams and reams more of people who are sending good wishes and best wishes uh, to Dr. Tony Houlihan. Where are you at with it? Uh, well, uh, firstly, anyway, I didn't realise that. I just, I literally, just when I heard you saying it, then I actually haven't seen the news the last few days. And He's stepping anyway, aside but, now so he can care for his wife, who's very, very... I just want to say, you know, best of luck to them, and uh, my heart does go out to them, do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a horrible position for anyone to be in, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone. Um, but you, of course, are a victim, and it, it, I, I don't want to use that word in the wrong context, but you, I, I you, understand. W- with cervical cancer, yeah, a missed yeah, smear. Like, I, yes, and, you know, like, not to talk ill about people, but as I, I, I had just said to Brenda, it, during this course of the COVID-19 and stuff, and the way Leo and Tony and everyone was handling it, I'm, I'm green in the face from people saying, Oh, sure, they did brilliant for the country and they were the best and they handled it the best, better government and all this and whatever. It actually made me mad, Neil, because one, they had to show face for this crisis because of the crisis they left us in with the cervical check. Two, I feel that on Leo's part, in a sense, the COVID-19 helped Fina Gale and Fina Foyle, if 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 I can say that, you know what I mean? Because if you remember just before the COVID um outbreak and stuff, 
the elections were on and everyone was giving out that if Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael mm. go together, that it's going to be worse and whatever, whatever. But did you see how they waited until they kind of helped the country between the COVID payments, all the other... Nothing would surprise me, girl. Nothing would surprise that they, me. That they brought it out then just to make it look... They brought it out knowing that they had extra support of what they had done for the COVID you know, this yeah. scenario. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel, I just feel them stopping the the other thing then that they stopped the cervical check screening, I think was the most ridiculous thing. Like, I had a colonoscopy there about a month and a half ago. That wasn't stopped. Why was it the cervical check to the stop? There's other tests going on. Do you get me? I do. And just to, just to recap, like so many other women like you, you had a, st- a test back in 2010 that was read yeah. as being negative when it should have been read as being positive, wasn't it? It is, yeah, it yeah. was, yeah. I, I suppose my first one, um, and I suppose I always thought then that there was a delay uh, because my, I always was under the impression that the delay was on the fact that the GP never sent a letter and this, that and the other. Yeah, but actually when I was called up then in 2000 and um, sorry, 2018, I was called up thinking I was being diagnosed again. Um, but actually, in, in actual fact, they were telling me about the mistakes with my smears. Um, Did you get I, sick? Um, when was this? When Did they said it to me about the mistakes. No, I'm saying how sick. You, you developed cervical cancer. Did you get very sick? Oh, I had stage three, yeah. And as you know, stage four is terminal, which don't get me wrong, I am very, very grateful, do you know what I mean? But stage three at 26 was still very scary, you know what I mean? Well, because you're, um, living, I, you're living with the fear that we'll go to stage four, you see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and this, and, and I, I don't, like my youngest was only one at the time. My eldest was four. Like my eldest now will remember me being sick, all right? But my youngest doesn't, thank God, like, you know? But the thing is, it's not even like I do. I do thank God every day and, and thank whoever my grandparents and uncle and whoever's looking after me above. But the thing is, I am cancer free, Neil. But are you ever free? Because every day I I have fear. You know what I mean? I know, like the I other know. day, like so other did day, body, was, sorry, go on, yeah. The other day, it was just like something. I had a pain in the back of my chest, and I was like, "Oh my god, is this lung cancer?" Know, Do you know what yeah. I mean? And it's it's stupid, and it's it's silly to be thinking and living like this. But when 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 I learned about the mistake originally, when the doctor didn't send the letter, my 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 um, what's the word? My faith in the system was kind of low as it was. But then to be called up in two thousand eighteen and saying actual. This is actually what really happened. The other one was just a kind of a, a light story, you know what I mean? So and di- then in, yeah, yeah. in 18 then, I'm sorry Neil, in 18 then, I was I was taking off my HRT tablets, so they were doing pregnancy tests up in the hospital, I found out a year and a half ago, instead of HRT tests. So even though mistakes have happened and they've been um, admitted to, there's still other mistakes going on. So how can someone put their trust back into it? Do you know what I mean? Did it make your blood things? boil then when, when you hear people like I'm I just... What, be, and don't get me wrong. People I, were in I praise of, of Tony Hulhan. Yeah, I don't knock the way they dealt with it because I, I'm one of the people that did get the COVID payments because I came out of work at the time and I appreciate what they did do in that sense. But I feel like... Okay. They had to do it. Do you get me? Like, it's, that was their duty. That's what they're in power for, you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, I think 
the shams they left us in with the whole uh, cervical check and breast check and other things, they had to show face, yes, you know okay. what I mean? Okay. And I think the reason why they showed so much face, Leo in particular, was because him and Martin knew way behind Martin, sorry, knew way before the COVID that they were actually going in collision together. But they waited until now to say it. You get me? Because I do, I do. And people still are texting. Con- still, people are still texting me the quotes of Hall Martin saying that he would never do business with Sinn Féin and he would never go into coalition coalition with Fianna yeah. Gael. Yeah. And yeah. even even before the COVID actually came out, everyone kind of knew that they were planning on going in together, but they weren't admitting it. Yeah, they were yeah. secret meetings. No, they were keeping all options open. All right. Yeah. Stay well, Carol, and thanks for taking the call. I do appreciate it. A lot of texts to 0868104106. And lovely messages as well. I just wanted to ask a favour, Neil. On Tuesday, I was expecting a delivery from an online shopping site. The courier sent me a confirmation email saying that my items were delivered, except they had delivered my clothes to the wrong house. I went on a bit of a shopping spree and there was over a hundred euro worth of clothes. So it was about a hundred euro worth. So I was, a, I was freaking out a bit. Anyway, I don't know who he was because my grandmother answered the door, but a lovely guy returned the delivery to my house. My grandmother told me that he said he was from Don's Court in Bishopstown. Obviously, he got the stuff delivered there in error. But I just wanted to say thank you to him as I never got a chance. And I think he really deserves one of your lovely vouchers. Says Shauna from Bishopstown. Well, if you can find out who he is, I certainly would love to give him something next week without a doubt. It's very funny because, um, you know, I I live in an area, Douglas, where there's the houses and then there are apartments. um, But somebody in one of the apartments orders um, some justeat.ie and, you know, Deliveroo and stuff like that, but often, I mean, not not every week, but but certainly maybe two, three times a month, um, delivery drivers arrive to my house with food which I haven't ordered, and I'm so close now to keeping it. You know, I'd love to just say, yeah, that's I ordered. Yeah, I'll take it. Chinese, thank you. Oh, Asian street food, thank you. Oh, lovely pizza, thank you. I've never done it, but I'm getting very close to perhaps doing it. No, I'm only joking. It's just with regards to missed deliveries. You know, there's confusion over addresses, I suppose. Among other things next week, as we endeavour to get you out there to celebrate Cork and to, you know, I suppose to experience the wonderful, wonderful things that Cork has to offer. Um, Seamus has been working during the week and getting family passes from various uh, tourist attractions around Cork. And so far, here's what we've managed to put together for you. Family passes for Spike Island. Family passes for Photo Wildlife Park. Family passes for Cork City Jail, the tourist one. Family passes for Blarney Castle. For Shandon Bells, ding dong. For West Cork Whale Watching. For Atlantic Sea Kayaking. For the Inch Hideaway Eco Camping down in East Cork. Um, and we also have, um, uh, uh, actually I'll leave it at that because I think he's adding to the list every day. So that's where we're at right now. And next week, if you want to take the family away for a day, make sure you're listening. We'll have those family passes to give away next week and we might try and string it out over a, a couple of weeks. And I hope to get a chance to talk to some of the people involved in those places like Spike and Fota. Although I spoke to Fota recently, you know, to different people who are offering these uh, wonderful family outings in Cork City and County. So that's uh, for next week. Back after the break on 1850-104-106. But do bear in mind, the lines are open for this as well. So this is our Clancy's giveaway. Swamped with paperwork. Okay, it's table for four. You know the drill. Three-course meal. Champagne and cocktails. Identify these three songs, artists and titles in the right order. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM.
104 to 106 Red FM. Okay, Carol, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Where are you calling from? Where art thou? I'm in Carrick Lane, Heronswood in Carrick Lane. All right, and how's life been? Have you been out yet? Have you got to a restaurant? Have you got to a pub that serves food? Anything like that? No, I haven't been anywhere, really. <laughs> I've been looking at Cancy's online and it looks brilliant, so fingers crossed. Is there nowhere in, is there nowhere in Carrick Lane that you'd venture out for a bit of, bit of grub? Maybe the hotel, so oh. we might head down there over the weekend. Ah, but hang on a second, you mightn't have to. Well, support I local, support local. Crossed. But anyway, so a three-course meal for four uh, with a bottle of Moet champagne. Do you drink champers? <laughs> I don't, but I will. Do you drink? Do you do you like cocktails? No margaritas. I, do. I like cocktails. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So these three songs, artists and titles. If you don't get this right, I just move on to the next call, and then this conversation will count for nothing. All right? Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Here we go. Let's okay. Yes. Uh, what are they? Um, hot chocolate. You sexy thing. You sexy thing. You. Um, meatloaf. <laughs> I would do anything for love. But I won't do that. And uh, bread and David Gates, everything I own. Well, I have to tell you, you're right. So you and three friends, do you have three friends with others in the family and things like that? I do. I have my husband and my friend and her husband. Oh, lovely. Okay. Yeah. Well, two couples then. Three course meal, bottle of wine for four of you, round of cocktails, whenever you please at Clancy's. So you no longer have to look at the menu. You can actually go in there now. All right. Fantastic. Thanks very much. You're more than welcome, Carol. Stay on the line. We've got full details. Delighted for you. All right. Thanks, Neil. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers. Okay, take care. Talking about food, right, and eating things. Um, this man is the only man that I know that actually managed to lose weight during lockdown. I mean, who else can claim that between himself and his wife or partner, they would lose five stone between them? That's exactly what Kieran Barry did. I saw the article in RSVP Live. Kieran, good morning. Morning, Neil. So you've got to be the only man on Lee's side or the only couple that actually lost substantial amounts of weight. How'd you do it? Honest Neil, I lost weight by default because <laughs> Louise jo- Joel could be out of bed one January morning to say, I'm Johnny Slim Multi, that's it. <laughs> so were you, kinda, were you curious then about the food that she was eating? Because I think she also started a 10k a day regime, didn't she? That's correct, yeah. So I just did whatever she did, basically. So I followed whatever she had, I guess. <laughs> and we did a lot of exercising. It was it was out of probably fair for the first few weeks. <laughs> I'm going to a big juicy burger and eating a salad. You were te- you were, and so you ended up then doing a langy like jumping on on the back of it. Exactly. What did you eat? Basically, we, we get most foods really, but you know, cut out um, bread, and but it was the biggest thing we cut out um, butter, and then you know, crisps, chocolate, peanuts. Oh, that's junk food. Were you eating Pizza. all that? Big juicy burgers, oh, yeah. bread, butter, crisps, chocolate peanuts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like before, right? At my dinner in the evening. And then maybe the kids would order pizza on Saturday evening. I'd eat that then after having my dinner. And a sharing bag of potatoes for two, I'd eat myself. The big ones. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's all fresh food. A um, lot of fresh fruit. All and, fresh prepared. And, and brisk walking, was it? Pardon? Brisk walking. Yeah, walking and jogging every day. And it just started to fall off, did it? Yeah, like in the first, I'd say within three weeks I lost two stone. But why would you do it at such a tough time? Or why would why would Louise decide to do it at a time like lockdown? Well, we started before the lockdown and it was kind of sink or swim. Then when the lockdown came in, you know, we said we are going to 
just go back in the wagon or stay on the wagon. So and then say, when people honest. hadn't seen you for a considerable length of time, like me, they got a shock. They did. <laughs> someone asked me last week, someone said that their wife said, I think he's sick. <laughs> and got <him> not. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not sick. I just lost weight with Slimming World. <laughs> yeah, but I say, Louise, like, you know, she was never overweight. But like that, she lost two stone in the short time. So she lost two and you lost three. Are you finished? No, no. We have her. It's not that we've hit so much to maintain it now. Like, so you allowed treats now or anything like that? You can. Um, you, they're called sins. You're out so many sins a day. Um, but, like, you know, we don't really do breakouts because it's like giving up the cigarettes. You know, you can't have one. They're saying, going to smoke today and then stop again. Like, you know, so you're trying to stay on it. The only breakouts really we do have or we would have before lockdown, if we go for a meal together, we just eat what we whatever's on the menu. Yeah. That's normal though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We don't ask for any particular special foods. Oh, you know? you're not one of these annoying persons that are looking for this, that and the other because I'm on a diet kind of person. Yeah, weigh my salad. Or <laughs> stuff like, you know. <laughs> Great photo. Can we share the photographs, the before and afters? The only person I know that lost weight during lockdown. Fantastic. Yeah, no problem. All right, have a good weekend. All right, my friend. Before you go, if you don't mind, I know you're finishing up, but on a personal level, I just think that Dr. Tony Hulhan did an absolutely fantastic job for the country. And I don't like to hear him being criticised. I mean, he didn't tell the government to do. He advised them what to do. There you go. Professionally. Well said. Appreciate that. On that point, we will leave it. Thank you, Kieran. Regards to you and to Louise. Our lines will stay open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. I'm off to West Cork to enjoy the delights of West Cork from Glengariff all the way west. I'm looking forward to it. Have a good weekend. See you Monday. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.